Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit, episode 97 of our in-depth, hardcore, comprehensive coverage of World Aerobatic Championships 2022. And I'm Mark. And I'm Jeff. And I'm just thinking right now, we're almost at 100. We have to do something special for the 100th episode. We didn't even have... <laughs> Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I, I yeah. So when I, when we log into the to the podcast thing, I, I, I label these right? To keep track of them. And I label it by episode. Cause why wouldn't you like, if you're releasing episode 97, why not just call it in the, in the, in Zencaster, call it episode 97. So I type in episode 97 and I get ready to send you guys the link and I'm like, Oh shit. We're almost to a hundred. <laughs> like we, we're gonna have to like, think of something. We're gonna have to do something. We're very, we're very professional, <laughs> very professional. Um, well, at least today we have somebody who is professional. Uh, on yeah. board the podcast, we have the current uh, IEC president and presidential candidate, presidential hopeful Jim Birksback. Unopposed. Hey, actually, Jim. actually, actually, I already won. I, I yeah. won. I, you did already won. Yeah, I wanted the uh, right. Friday of Air Venture. Yeah, so so I'm still still managed to to be president. Thank God, no one else ran. Yeah, oh, I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah. I'm pumped, man. I Before we even move on from that, d- yeah, did, did that? So I, you know, we had you on. Um, and there's been, we've, we've talked as a group, um, over the last, what, uh, God, when did you get, you've been is every two years. Yeah. Every two years. Yeah, exactly. Time flies. Um, and you know, there was some, um, maybe opposition or difference of opinions throughout your tenure, your first uh, tenure as, uh, um, IAC president. Does it speak volumes? Cause it did to me when you were unopposed. Of like, well, you guys were all, all you guys, all you guys are, you know, kind of talking some smack, talking here and there about what you would do differently. Yet nobody stepped up to say, you know what, Jim was doing a bad enough job to where we really need to make a change here. (laughs) Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I guess I felt like maybe we had had enough talking it out that everybody felt like it was okay to move on from some of the controversies that came about last year. That's what you hope for anyway, because uh, you're not going to be able to agree with everybody. You're going to have to make tough decisions. But what you hope is everyone feels at least like they got a chance to get their say in and that they got a fair shake. And I, I think that we we maybe didn't give, give everybody that feeling the first time when we looked at everything. But I think by the end of it, most people I talk to feel like, well, you know, we had our day in court and uh, we didn't get the way we wanted. And that's the way it is. I haven't lost any friendships that I know of over it anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the case is probably um, all that emotional energy was um, was taken up with good conversation and uh, heartfelt dialogue. And everybody moves on. And just, you know, tomorrow's another day. I hope so. That's good to hear. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, but, uh, what you know, do we, we didn't want to have, talk about first. I, I, before before we move on to the election, I do want to say one thing, and that's just um, I hope uh, Bob Freeman's uh, listening to this. I did call him and tell him how sorry I was. He didn't make a make a reelection himself. He's a really good board member and um, very hardworking person. I did a lot of uh, heavy lifting for the board. It always had really good ideas for everybody, and was also. Um, someone who tried to uh, thread the needle really well on all the conversations and, and be careful 
in how he related to everybody, he got along with everybody. And uh, it's okay. You know, the, the members maybe didn't know all that. Maybe didn't do enough to tell him that. But uh, he was a really good board member. I wish he was still on the board. I just, just go ahead and say that. But I, I like the new people too. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how uh, how the uh, I guess this election cycle kind of shapes up and yeah, um, we'll how see. these new pe- the, the fresh meat does. Well, we've got we've got a good board either way, but you know sometimes you just want to say that you appreciate people, and that's how it is right now. I just appreciated Bob's input; I really did. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he, I mean he's the, a, the feeling he's I got a, from him, I don't know him well, but he seemed very Swiss and very fair, um, unbiased. Um, you know, I never heard any uh, a bad lick about Bob at all, and a guy can fly his ass off too. Maybe that's a trick to get reelected. You got to make some enemies. Maybe Bob didn't do enough. <laughs> of that. I'll give him some I guess advice. So. He didn't do enough. He wasn't polarizing enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, he hit a freaking what? He hit a pterodactyl or something the other uh, like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. He hit a, a freaking Cessna one fifty two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just goes yeah. to show you with the extras, they're so solid, man. So what a stable things took on a a buzzard or something like that. And yeah, that could have been bad. That could have been really bad. I wonder, did he talk oh to him God. about that? What did, what did the plane fly like? You know, generally, uh, I don't. I think he what he told me, if I remember right, is that uh, you know you should have him on sometime. By the way, he's an interesting guy. But um, I That's think a that great, what, he, a great idea. what he told me is he didn't know the the damage was that bad. He didn't really realize. He heard. I think he heard and felt a little thump, but didn't realize it was that bad until someone he was flying with um, radioed and said, "Hey, you're losing. You know, you're going to lose your rudder." <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he didn't Jeez. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. The the pictures were. I mean, I know. just like sobering. Yeah. You got to imagine if it was, you know, a foot, foot lower, you know, that I didn't think about that until like way after, you know, you see all the pictures like, God, if that would have went through the canopy would have been terrible. Uh, yeah. It'd be awful. I mean, as, as I, as I've learned, uh, sadly recently, you know, things can go very bad, very quickly. Sometimes you get lucky a little bit here, get a little bit unlucky yeah. there, you get a whole bunch of bad luck some days and things don't work out or maybe you get a bunch of good luck. I don't know what you'd say about Bob. He got some bad luck and some good luck, I guess both. Yeah. Right. I think both. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I think, yeah, it depends on how, what glass you, 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 you pick up and look at. I, w- I would say that's luck. Yeah. Well, we always imagine pilots like to imagine we're in control of everything, but that's an example of something where he just, there's just nothing you can really do. You know, you're yeah. you just, you know, sometimes your number comes up a little bit and that's an example of that for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you look at that, you look at uh, Scott Francis's wing and and obviously uh, with Marianne's crash and, and I mean, just in the industry as, as a whole, you know, especially uh, being a professional pilot, we look at this, we look at professional accidents, the aerobatic world is no different. I mean, it's, it's a high, I hate to say high risk, high uh, accident environment. That's kind of the wrong, high stakes, I guess would probably be the best way to describe it where, you know, we do pay attention to those things. We like to see what happens. And man, I, there's just... The, more, the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what? We, we all have a little bit of luck and good fortune on our side and and very little in control of the situation of what's going on at a given time. Yeah. At least that's what it feels like. Yeah. Well, just do your best, I guess. Yeah. Right. You know, and to try to, to, try to uh, uh, manage your risk. And, um, you know, with Marianne, uh, every time we had so many, so many great days flying and every time – are you guys still there? I'm here. Yep. Okay. Heard a little beep. Um, every time we'd finish a really hard day of aerobatics and we'd be kind of, um, you know, kind of, uh, just, uh, full of all this uh, energy, this nervous energy and excitement, all that stuff. Um, I tried every time to tell her, you know, don't forget people die doing this stuff. It's a really important thing to remember. And, um, yeah. 
you know, I, I, yeah. we had a lot of dialogue about all that stuff because it's something I think about pretty much every time I get in the airplane. I try to let it hold me back, of course. But, you know, every time you get in those airplanes, you have to be thinking about that a little bit. You also can't get it's in. It's almost like. Sorry. I was going to say, you, all, you, also, like, you, can't, uh, you can't get them thinking you're going to die, like, you know, um, randomly every time. You can't, you can't be um, thinking you're a victim. But you do have to have your right. mind on that a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, like, um, remember, you ever seen the movie Rush? Um, I, I need to bring I up didn't. like a. So yeah, it's uh, with Nicky Lauda and everything like that. And Nicky Lauda is kind of like the same thing where he's like, you know, it's risk assessment that, you know, there's a, there's a certain percentage of, of risk and you have to accept it, you know? And, um, yeah, I'm not going to try to quote it cause I'm going to be way off, but anybody who, uh, saw the movie will kind of follow where I'm getting at with that, where like, you know, to, to be blind and, and think it's not there is, is, is more dangerous than, than, uh, than, uh, respecting it, you know? Yeah, you have to make sure your skills are sharp and you have good equipment for sure. And you have to be uh, what they call frosty, I guess. But, uh, you know, like I said, you also don't want to hold yeah. yourself back too much. You don't want to be so nervous you don't go out and do stuff. And I do feel afraid sometimes. And when I do, I just uh, remind myself I don't have to do this. And sometimes I'll um, decide that I don't need to fly. But usually what happens if I ever feel like, you know, my number's going to come up today is I'll just um, get in the airplane and figure, well, I'll just go, you know, take it easy. But by the time I get all strapped in, I'm ready yeah. to fly. And, and as soon as I dive into the box, well, I mean, it's time to fly and I fly hard because it's just how I know how to do it. But, um, yeah, you know, you got, you somebody's got to get yourself, take a little bit of baby steps here and there, but, um, you know, you can never really be ready for to, to die. No one thinks they're going to die and you shouldn't feel right. like you're going to die. It's not going to be very fun. If yeah. You think you're going to die. You know? No. Yeah. But it's weird. I, I like, I, I get that a lot, you know, that feeling, you know, for whatever reason, it's like when I'm pushing the airplane out, when like my, my, um, mental capacity uh uh or my mental con- my level of concentration is kind of low I'm, you know maybe i've got some music playing on my iphone and I'm, I'm pushing the airplane out and getting the parachute out of the bag and then plugging the you know helmet jacks in and stuff like that and then i start kind of strapping and i'll start thinking about that stuff of like god like you know because you know nobody thinks you're right nobody thinks you're gonna die that day but i do start thinking like you know one of today's the day that something goes wrong I doesn't, I don't think about that. I'm going to die that day, but it just, is something going to go wrong today? But by the time I do the run up and taking off, I'm, I'm usually not thinking about it. Then on the climb out, I'm like, okay, I've gotten, I, at least I'm, I've got some terrain. Uh, you know, I've got some uh, airspace between me and the terrain. And then by the time I'm, I'm doing whatever I'm doing in the practice area, I, I don't think about it again until I push the airplane back in and I'm like, okay, that was, that was a successful day. It, but it is kind of funny. Um, I mean, I think we probably should all be thinking, uh, at least I, there must be some healthy uh, level of, um, uh, I don't know, thought, thought brought into that where maybe yeah. it does. Yeah. It keeps you frosty. keeps you sharp. You know, at least yeah. keeps you on your toes. Yeah. You've got to be thinking about, um, about that stuff so you can remind yourself of what you don't know how to do and you can practice those things. Um, because everything you can, everything you can come upon an airplane. I mean, somebody's going to come upon it at some point. It might be you. So you want to practice all that stuff. And if you don't feel confident, that's a, a good sign that you need to practice something more with Marianne's yeah. uh, accident. You know, it's still unclear exactly what happened. So it's tough to totally diagnose that I've heard, you know, a uh, hundred different ideas that, you know, probably are kind of most of them are frankly just a little bit dumb. So I don't, I don't want to spend too much time uh, speculating myself. It just doesn't make any sense to do it, but you know, it's um, uh, certainly not what we expected to happen on the day that we were flying together, we had flown in formation to a little airport to do some training and she was flying well after a three week break or so. It was her first time flying uh, the NG on her own. Um, not entirely true. She had soloed it several times, but she hadn't really been flying it on her own to go practice like a, a short cross country and everything. And in my head, I thought, well, 
you know, I think she's ready. She looks good when I watched her fly at, at St. Augustine. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll fly in formation with her. And I always thought that would be, you know, helpful to her. But it turned out it wasn't, by the way. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't really work very well to be flying in formation with someone and trying to give them advice. It doesn't work very well. So that was a mistake right there. But, um, you know, we, uh, in, the, in, the, in my analysis of it, you know, re- leading up to the accident, there really wasn't anything in her flying or anything about her attitude or anything about her, um, our strategy about the stuff that really felt lacking. It just felt like we had to... Um, had done all the things that you need to do, all the training that you need to do, and all the dialogue, and all the rehearsal, and all the um, all the time that could be given to it. It just didn't work out that one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that the, the the situation of, I mean, gosh, you know, just like, and of course, you, I, mean, I know you've done this uh, at nauseum uh, until you, you just can't take it anymore. But you know, you think about just one variable changing, you know, airport environment. Um, mm-hmm you know, altitude, airspeed, all that kind of stuff. You just probably, you know, just the stuff that you just start, you know, wrecking your brain trying to think well, about it'll be, just, it'll, that, that yeah. set of circumstances at a given time. I've got uh, statistically another 25 years of uh, reliving it. I've, I've spent about um, three months um, pretty much in a 24 hour just cycle, just going over the accident over and over again. Everything I said yeah, or didn't say leading up to the accident, all the, all the steps I took to, um, to, uh, to help Marianne along as a pilot, um, all the, uh, times I've helped other people and thought about, you know, I started thinking about all the things I, you know, maybe left um, unsaid with them or, you know, did I, did, I, did I miss something? What did I miss in her, you know, in her flying? And there's obviously going to be some level of pilot error, no matter what the final analysis is, because the airplane brought her back to the airport. You can't question yeah. that. But, the, but um, you know, as life goes on and um, as every day passes, I get a little better about it. But if, if you lose somebody in an accident, you will you'll spend the rest of your life thinking about it. And when you lose a wingman, and you know that you're there for the whole thing, it, it's just not going to leave me anytime soon. I don't I don't know how it'd be the same. No. But life but life continues, and I have um, I've developed a little bit of peace about it over the last what is it five months now? I think as of a couple of days ago, and um, you know I know there's a good future ahead of me. And anybody else who's in this spot or ever will be, there'll be somebody out there who might need to hear this. You know, it does get better. It helps to have friends, people checking on you and all that. Um, and uh, all the great memories I have of her help too, because she was a great person and fun to be around. I, I have so many great memories and so many pictures of the time we spent together. And, um, you know, I, I feel awful bad for her, for what happened. But um, I have good memories too. And I just try and hold on to those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she, boy, you know, it, unfortunately, sometimes it takes um, a tragedy to, to really realize somebody's true impact on a community. And boy, was she loved and highly regarded. I mean, honestly and truly, I mean, it really, really touched a lot of people. And hopefully you felt that, you know, and I'm sure you got just tons of um, outreach and support. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah, just a terrible tragedy. And, you know, we we reached out to you. But as a podcast, you know, the community absolutely is with you and and mourns her loss. And it's just terrible. She was a treat. She was, if you didn't know her, she was really worth knowing. She was a lot of fun. She was a um, very excited person and she liked uh, aerobatics. She liked pilots. She loved people and she loved pilots. She liked to be uh, in the middle of all the conversations. She liked to talk about airplanes and she didn't grow up with it. It was something that she came to just a few years ago as she you know, knew me and, and knew all the flying I was doing. She started as a volunteer. It was a very good uh, registrar and, and volunteered a lot of contests and eventually just looked at one day and said, well, I want to learn to fly. And I was stunned. I mean, it wasn't... Yeah at all what I thought would she would do. But sure, I, I paid for her lessons. And next thing I knew, we were about a week out from a contest. And she said, well, 
I was, I was supposed to coach a camp. In fact, it was, I think, COVID, so just, just a couple of years ago. And none of the Canadians can make it down to uh, Oregon for the camp. And she said, well, you have all this time. Why don't you coach me and I can fly aerobatics? So about one week later, she flew primary the first time. And her last contest was um, October at uh, Borrego, I think. And she came in first place out of 14 in sportsman. Yep. Won, all, won all three flights very easily. She just was a really strong pilot. And I, I hope everyone knows that. The, you know, um, I like to think of myself as a strong pilot and probably – you guys do, and everybody who listens to this probably thinks so. And, you know, that's that's you. You some days you won't, um, you just won't be as sharp as you were other days. And when you're in a, a moment of stress, you won't react the same way you do otherwise. And um, you only get one shot sometimes. And uh, that's you know, it's just sometimes you don't, you just don't perform as well as you could. Other times, it doesn't mean you're a bad pilot. You have to train. We should have trained more. She should have trained more. She should have, uh, you know, given herself more iterations. And uh, everybody else should think about that because even the best pilot on a really good day is not going to perform that way in under you know crisis situation. It just didn't happen for her that she was you know, did did exactly perfectly the way she needed to to be to be okay. So think about that a little bit. I think it would help. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I I'll tell you as an instructor, um, I, I mean I've been a CFI for a long time, but um, even a, as a as an airline instructor, getting to sit behind two people in a full motion simulator and watch them. Uh, work problems, uh, you can see very, very, very proficient and highly skilled, competent pilots crumble to to mere rubble uh, very quickly if uh, the situation just doesn't go the way they thought it was going to go. They were assuming a situation and, and it just didn't go that way and um, couldn't adapt. And it's just that's, I mean, we have to learn how to do that kind of stuff. It's a learned behavior. You know, I, I don't know that anybody is, maybe there is a predisposition to be naturally gifted into um quick evaluating of a, of a situation so much that you don't have to learn uh, like everybody else. But I mean, I know I had to learn, you know, you got to practice this stuff and, and, and continue for, for in perpetuity practice uh, given scenarios and just hope that uh, a scenario you have matches, <laughs> matches closely with what you've been practicing. You well, know, on that, on that you note, can only um, practice so much. I love talking about this because at, at the end of all of this, I have an opportunity to help people. And, um, and it, sometimes, you know, when you feel a lot of pain, you can't see it that way. But as I've come through a lot of that, it's not over, but as I've come through a lot of that and the kind of the burdens easing a little bit, I start seeing how I can, you know, use what happened to help people become better pilots and to think, uh, absolutely, you know, um, uh, about all this stuff so they can be, uh, better prepared. And I had a thought about this. I want to, I want to share. You better you need to edit this part out because I'm, I'm starting to uh, lose my train of thought here. Was no, say cool. about, oh, fuck. Let's see. I was going to say something that was really, really smart. <laughs> that happens to us all the time, by the way, Jim. So, oh, man. That doesn't usually happen to me. This is, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is what my it's brain's been day. like the last few months. What was I going to say? You get a baker's coming? dozen of those a day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just move on. I don't know how are you going to edit that out? You get to figure something out. No, I was, I didn't want to cut you off, but uh, you know, in closing to this topic, you know, and I, we got to get you back on and, and, and there's a bunch of other stuff too we want to talk about, but you know, we're, we want to talk about WAC too, but you know, from a personal note with, you know, everything happened, Marianne, um, I don't think I, you know, I for one, the next time I flew, actually the next two times I flew, it was, I just, I, I did emergency procedures and, and engine outs and I hadn't done them in a while. And, and I'll be honest, I fucked one of them up and 
you know, I think that everybody that knew you and, and knew Marianne and, and with, or within the Arabatic community that, that saw what happened, I think it, it's a real disservice if they didn't go out the next time they flew and did emergency procedures, if they hadn't done them in a while. And, and yeah, that, that's what, know. that's what I was trying to remember to say when I told you guys to edit out what I said a little bit ago. So I got to edit this out too. But uh, what I was going to say is that, <laughs> is that um, we're keeping uh, it, we're keeping it raw, baby. This, this is going to be really confusing. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say is that um, one of the things after the accident that I put, I started thinking about and I started taking notes and all the thoughts I had was that I had worked with her and, um, played with um, engine outs in so many different situations and, you know, governor failures and all these different things and so many different situations with her, but none of them were the one that she needed at the time. We did it like from downwind, you'd pull the engine. And I did this starting in the decathlon, even when she was flying a Cessna 150, you know, because I really believe in that, you know, and pull the throttle back and say, okay, you got to bring the airplane in. And yeah. I watched her do this over and over again successfully to where I felt very, very confident about it and did that in the decathlon and then in the NG as well and on downwind. But I never did that at like, 5,000 feet descending at 200 knots, you know, right. f- you know, five miles out from the airport. I never did anything like that. And, and it was because we just didn't do a lot of cross. We didn't do any cross countries hardly to speak of at all, but that was the skill that she really needed. And I don't know exactly what happened with the airplane. I don't know exactly what's going on in the cockpit. Of course, there's, there's no way to know, but at the end of the day, like I said, she got back to the airport and, but she just didn't get there with the energy state that she needed to be successful. And she didn't know that, you know, she didn't have enough iterations to really know that she had to set herself up for failure on landing and the poor thing went all the way down the runway, you know, uh, um, and that's, that's a horrible feeling. I've, I've done that. Just like you said, Jeff, I mean, I had, uh, I had an actual engine out one time and, uh, I ate up every last bit of runway. And the difference was it was, um, it wasn't in, on the water. You know, that's the only thing that's really different. I, I managed to stop the airplane, but it was close, you know, but at a, yeah. at a, at a coastal airport like that, you know, you go over and, uh, you're in the water and that's what happened to her. So, you know, like, like you said, you just got to, uh, take, hear about all those kinds of things and think, think about how they have meaning to you. And pilots like to dissect these things and figure out how it's, it's the pilot's fault because it makes them feel a little better, but they wouldn't make that mistake. But instead you got to think about what would bring you to make that mistake. What kind of factors could be different to make you not perform well. And, yeah. you know, in her case, um, a very, very fast airplane, very slick with a very, very low drag and uh, possibly a governor that wasn't working. I don't really know exactly what's going on. I don't want to speculate, but you know, so there could have been other things. In, you know, going on besides just her, her, um, her stress level, but whatever it was she was dealing with, you know, it just, it, it was, a, it was a skill that she had, but she didn't have locked in enough to use it on that one day. Right. Yeah. Well, I know something that we can, uh, talk about right now to, 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 this is depressing. Yeah. To make, I think it would make Marianne smile oh. and Let's just start okay. ripping on the French. Let's let's just talk <laughs> talk some major shit about the French pilots. You know what? They're so thinking uh, good. <laughs> let, me, let me let me let me let me tell you something. Um, one of the things I loved about Marianne was uh, she was never a victim about stuff. She didn't like victims. She didn't like people uh, bitching. She hated that, and she didn't really do yeah. that. You know, she was like super duper responsible. If there was something that was there's a problem, she'd want to fix it. If somebody's upset, she'd want to talk to them about it. Um, so she would not actually, she would say, you guys need to fly better. That's exactly what she would say. We bitched about the French. <laughs> That's exactly what she would say. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Okay. You want to talk about the whack then? It. Good. Yeah. Let's go right into well, it. Yeah. So and let's uh, start from the beginning, right? Before, before we, well, before we even get to that, let's just make sure everybody's fully aware that, that Jim was on the team and then yeah. bowed out for the, for the reasons we, we just mentioned with Marianne. Uh, I want to, I, I want, I would love to get, you know, maybe a couple different perspectives perspectives from you, Jim. Obviously, the one being uh, if you were there, 
Have you had that feeling yet of like, if I was there, how, what would I be contributing? Where would I be? Oh man. How would you I'm be start, start stacking the deep questions? That's, Jeez. that's a really, that's a really, uh, a tough question. Uh, I think in my current mental state, I would not be a contributor. That's the honest truth. That's why I'm not. I, I took a break from flying because I didn't feel like mentally it was a s- smart thing to do. And you, you just you're you can't grieve. And also, nobody would fault you for that, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and that's that was really what it came down to. Is I I thought about that, and I'm so glad I didn't go because um, there were so many things that were very important that were going on in my life and the lives of people I love that I really had to be there for them. But since yeah. you asked the question, I mean, I'm I'm thinking about that a lot. That um, uh, I, I was working very hard last year and had made good plans to be uh, a real contender. Um, and I would like to think I would have flown, you know, my best, um, the best. Who I've are you working with? Olivia Massarell. God, he's good. He's, he's good. He's really good. Yeah. He's yeah. on this, he's on the Spanish team now. Yeah. He's not yeah. the French team teacher, anymore. Though? Olivia is a great teacher. So like, how does he, what's his teaching style? Cause you have some people like that either, you know, like, um, They'll focus just on snaps, and you have other people that focus on you know the the base of the figure, like the lines and angles, and then you have some people that kind of uh, focus more on mechanics, like you know what to do with the controls. And I don't agree with that, by the way, because um, it makes people programs. But um, what's his style? Well, his the that's a that's a really great question. It's also a really big question. It's um, first thing is it just depends on who he's working with. Which is really the only answer you could have. It's um, yeah, the the there's there's a you That's said you a good like, first answer. Yeah, you said you don't like programs, and I agree with you to an extent. But the thing that's different about the U.S. and the French is they have a whole system they grow up in, and by the time they get to advanced, and they have a category between advanced and unlimited, and then to unlimited, you know, they already know all the things. And what we do is we fly advanced and try and learn how to do snap rolls while we're flying, <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. just not how they do it there. So if you have a deficiency. If you don't know what to do, like almost everybody who flies unlimited in the U.S. and advanced, they don't they don't really know. Uh, that's I mean I don't want to be unfair. I mean people there's a lot of people who know, but they haven't really um, maybe been taught. They may have figured it out right. So if you haven't been taught, then he would teach you because you have to be taught before you can do it well, and that's really all there is to it. And I, I think that that's it wouldn't be programmed. It'd be more like um you know you have to unfuck somebody. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's a great yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. So um, the other thing official, I say, that's official. I it's yeah. official aerobatic nomenclature. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I'll say about the French in general is um, they have a lot more compassion for the pilots than uh, than supposed people to be in the U.S. To them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's the, the one of the things I've noticed about, and I'm not I'm not like this. I don't I don't drive with this at all, and it's one of the reasons I've I've enjoyed uh, the coaching I've done is because um, there's a thing in the U.S. about um, there's sort of like this um, you have to meet more of a drill sergeant or you have to be really hard on people. You have to push, 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 push. And there's definitely, if someone's slacking, you got to push. Okay. But if they're slacking, they're probably not going to be a competitor anyway. And what you really do as a coach is okay, right. that, that person, you just tell them, no, oh, you don't want it. Fine. You don't want it. I don't want it either. I don't need you to have it. You know, and that's a little better than get out there, you pussy, you know, which is what I hear a lot yeah. at, at camps. And, um, uh, but the, the French are just not like that. And they also are much more considerate of um, air speeds. Um, speed control is very, very important to them. And, and as you know, Jeff, from from uh, from watching you know, talented people on the teams fly, that's yeah. a really important thing. And most people don't know anything about it. So if you're hitting these figures 25 knots too fast, they're just not going to look right. You can't do snap rolls at a high air speed as well. And they're hard on your body. You're pushing more, pulling more. And you get and fatigued. And they're hard to uh, be exact about 
and yeah, and, and you're, plus you're using tons of altitude. The box, your box mansion isn't going to be very good if you're too fast. You don't want to be too slow either. But um, the French are just more concerned about that, and and also um, they don't work as hard. They 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 fly hard. They're more fit people in general. The team, if you notice, they're fit, and they um, they are more um, I would say um, methodical about it. But they don't. They don't try and fly yeah. four flights a day, 25, 30 minute flights. They just don't do it. They instead they plan it all out we, and they fly for 10 minutes. We were just talking about this yesterday. I don't know if we talked about it actually on the podcast or if it was offline, but it, there's a definite difference in uh, I j- this is just me as a as an outsider looking in and knowing people and hearing these things and watching the intensity of the US team uh and how how they train, you know, in general and how US teams have trained for years. Um, and you compare that to the French for sure. The French is probably a hallmark example. Cause I, I mean, I don't know. Um, I would probably say this, this, the, that Spain probably does the same, probably very similar to the French. Um, and probably a lot of other countries do it very similar where it's like, it's a, it almost seems like a smarter, not harder type of mentality where it's like less flying, probably less full sequences, um, definitely less intensity. And then a bigger focus on the things outside of the cockpit. Well, it's the blind, the US it's the blind, seems to be kind of the opposite. Yeah, we, we, well, it's the blind leading the blind. It's, um, you know, pe- people haven't, the, so few people in the U.S. have seen, look, it's just the French. Let's, let's first of all, let's just let, let me just say it. There's, there's the French team and everybody else. The U.S. team holds yeah. its mm-hmm. own against every other team easily. We have good pilots. There's nothing wrong with us. Um, you know, we're made of good stuff. But, the, but they have, they have um, created a system that goes all the way from the very, very lowest levels to the very uh, top levels. That brings people yeah. up and makes sure they're ready for the next level and instructs them on how to do everything. And they, they just—it's just a system that we don't have. Period. period. It's and a we factory. end up, we get, and we have, yeah, and we don't have any. And because of that, we don't really have anyone to check our egos, and we think we're better than we are a lot of times. Um, <laughs> and it's—it really holds us back because we, and there's no one to really correct us either. So if somebody thinks they're a really good pilot, you know, we have this relative scores at a contest, but we don't really have the. You know, they're not relative to the people who are flying better than us as a as a country. It's just hard for people to accept. I mean, I talk about this all the time, and I get people mad at me all the time. But yeah. I'm only doing it because I love it, and I want people to see. And the only way for them to really see it is to go, unfortunately, to go to a whack and and yeah. see how things look. It's just it just doesn't look like the like what we're doing. It looks better. Well, I agree. Why 100%. hasn't there been a move to change it? I, I think it's just. I think there is. I mean, I think. Um, like I'm doing it, I'm doing it right now in this call, right? And I, I do when I when I work with people, I'm thinking about it all the time. And when I work with Olivia, I'm just soaking it all up, and I've got um, hundreds of pages of notes, you know. Um, so I think there is an effort to to fix that, but it just takes time. It yeah. just seems. I mean, we can piss off a lot of people now, and I'm all game for it. So let's go. So let's go. Let's do it. So you know, and Mark and I were talking about this, and and. And I love everybody on the team to death, but you know, they're, I just, they went overseas and like two weeks prior to the contest and are flying like three sequences a day and, you know, full and limited sequences. And it just seems like you can't keep that level of focus, that, that level of focus and endurance unless, you know, at Rob, Rob aside, because, you know, he has the stamina that he, mm-hmm. everybody knows what he does for a living and, and puts the reps in and, you know, he's a marathon runner, you know, in retrospect, kind of with this stuff, but like the other team members are, you know, have non aviation related jobs and 
you know, going over there two weeks before and flying every day as hard as they end and then going into a whack, I feel like they're just fried. I feel like they're mentally, you know, not able. Well, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I know it's always hard to, first of all, you can have nothing but compassion for someone who goes and does their best. I know that the yeah. some of the scores, are, I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to go to a whack. It's very hard to zero a figure or to have a, a bad score because um, everybody you know cares about you and you've made all this investment. I remember after, uh, I think in South oh, Africa. Devastating. Yeah, it's, it's Mark Novoselsky, I think in uh, South Africa, you know, we all kind of sit around, but the last flight was done and Mark goes, well, another $200,000 in two more years and we'll try it again. I thought that was like, you know, ex- good, the right spirit. I mean, that's what this thing is like. You know, you're yeah. putting a lot of time and money into this thing. So, but I, but I think really what I'm talking about is not about anyone in particular, certainly not anyone on the team. There's a lot of good pilots on the team. I'm just talking about the system and the- um, yeah, That's kind of what I'm talking about is like yeah, the overtraining. Yeah. The overtraining. Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't want to say anyone overtrained. I really don't know. I mean, I haven't talked to him. I have no idea what the, what's gone into what the scores are right now. Um, but maybe, you know, I don't know. Do you think there I do, I do know that like, if I do know that if you're learning, that if you're trying to learn things leading up to the contest, you're not going to have any success. You've got to have to learn. Yeah, it's it's over. I don't get that at all. I don't get that. Well, at I don't all. think I don't think even plans to do that. I think it's just that there's so much to learn, and you don't know all the things to learn until you start right. seeing them, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap! Well, I've got a contest. I just got to go fly. I mean, that's <laughs> all there is to it. I've been there. I did that the first whack for sure. Even the second whack, I was still learning how to outside snap roll properly. I've done two whacks, you know. And uh, those are things I should have known, but I mean, I can't fault myself because there's no way to know them until I went to the team camps. So I was like, oh, I see. Right. So I don't know. Do you think that um, in order to, not in order, um, do you think that investment should be made more in a psychological end of a team? Um, so meaning like more visual, visualization, you know, um, just mental readiness. Um, I think that it, that you can't. The, so the preparation is very, very important, but time giving people more time or force them to spend time to prepare doesn't help them unless they know how to prepare. And that's a skill that has right. to be taught. And in order to teach that skill, you have to have the skill. And um, it's just there's just only right now a couple of pilots in the U.S. that that know how to do that. It's not it's not as easy as um, you've identified the problem. I agree. Yeah, that's the problem. But the solution is complicated because we have to have people who agree. You know, one of the things that's tough is if I go to a camp right. and, I, and I'm one of two coaches, I'll find that I'm, I have my way of looking at things that's very different than the other coaches. And I, I might think, well, I've, I know I'm right, you know. But, yeah. um, but people, they listen to the person that they, that they um, you know, I don't know. They, they, they might not listen to me. And, um, and that's, that's okay, by the yeah. way. Not that everyone needs to listen to me. But um, it's hard to get information out because it just takes time to win people over. That's part of the, the struggle. Yeah. Well, and when you look at somebody like, you know, and I'm not, this is not, um, uh, uh, throwing shade at Coco at all. Obviously he's, you know, he's Coco. He's, he's the team coach. He's, uh, uh, huge reputation. Right. Um, but his style may not be the best style or a, a style suited for everyone and may not incorporate a lot of those things. Coaching style. Maybe both. Oh, but I mean, more coaching style. Uh, maybe well, his coaching style doesn't suit everybody perfectly, and then that would, you know. Well, Coco's just, not Coco's it, not a good coach for people who need to learn aerobatics. That's just not his his strength. I, I know Coco. I love Coco. Yeah. Uh, tons and tons and tons. And this is not even a knock on him. This is uh, this is giving Coco credit. Coco is um, no. It's, it's just is what it is. Yeah. It's he's he's. I'm, I'm gonna give him tons of credit for taking a pilot who um, who is um, a strong pilot and honing him. You know, he's great for Rob. 
Um, Rob, I don't know better coach. There is no better coach for Rob, right? But for the people who join the team, and we have a kind of a revolving door, we get a few new people every year. Um, he's not he's not the mechanical kind of coach that they really need to have, and it, it's. It, it, that's okay. You can get that from Rob directly. You can get it from me. You can get it from, you know, watching video. There's other ways to get those kinds of, of things, but that's just not what Coco spends his time doing. Now, if you stop him and say, Hey, I need to know how this works. Coco can explain everything to you, you know, it's, but it's not where he lives. It's not what he thinks about. Coco thinks about sequences and about the flow, about the box presentation. He thinks about um, what your altitude should be. I mean, he also thinks about your mental preparation. He wants to be ready mentally. He's really good at walking through sequences He's, he's got a lot of great strengths, but he's there like he's the he's the game day coach that will get you ready to fly your best if you know how to fly. That's what he is. Yeah, he's a surgeon. He's not the makes person sense. handing the tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't. I can tell you, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to see uh, Rob doing well. Um, I saw the the scores, and um, you know, this may be Rob's year. I hope it is. I'm, I'd be really happy for him if it is. And I saw Jeff uh, really hoping. Yeah, really well. I haven't. I didn't pay a lot of attention um, um, to everybody else. I know the French are like doing, you know, the top ten spots. They probably got five or six people up there, like usual. That's normal, you yeah. know. And uh, Olivier's doing yeah, pretty you well. I know. It. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, so. We got uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, five, six, uh, five. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. normal. That's actually worse. Did you? That's worse did than you it's kind of like five and a half because uh, Olivier is a. Uh, is there, but he's on screen. But, <laughs> True. Um, and, that's, and that's, yeah, that there is that. Did you expect Olivier to do that well? You know, because being on a different team and not having the French, you know, um, back office. Because I know that there's uh, just a little bit I do know about the French team. There is so much back end staff, you know, with the military team. And then there's so much support like that. All the pilot, the pilot gets in. And flies. That's it. That's that's his job. He doesn't pay the freaking note on the airplane. He doesn't worry about the annual. He doesn't, you know, have to get it. Like he shows up, gets in, and goes. Like yeah. it's incredible the operation. You know, let alone Coco, the Coco tells a great story of how he had to take when he was on the team. He had to take an airplane from one airport to another and had to stop, and uh, had never done a fuel stop with the airplane before. <laughs> and they asked him. I, 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 he has to tell a story. He's much funnier than I am, but and I may be getting it wrong and he'll he'll tell me next time I got it wrong. But I think the story was that he had to he was supposed to check the oil. He knew he was supposed to check the oil because he always saw the mechanics checking the oil and he was going back <laughs> to the airplane and was like uh, trying to figure out how to open up the oil door and oh yes, yes and pretending he was checking the oil because he didn't know how to do it. And uh, that's how oh that's my how God. that's how little they they touch the airplanes. Yeah. I, yeah so I'm telling you. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, now that's just the, that's just the military team. That's not the the civilians. Mm-hmm. The civilians are doing very well in competition. Also, Louis Vanel is a civilian, yeah. but they but they have um, yeah. they do have support. And what they have is a club system there. That's um, like you you know imagine that you go to um, some some airport on the weekends and there's forty or fifty of your friends. And they they own two or three airplanes in the club and you share them and you watch each other fly. You know that's what you do on the Saturday, and you yeah. give each other advice and dialogue and you get instruction. Mm-hmm at that club. Well, that's the system they have there. And, and in, in some cases, it's a think tank. Yeah. In some cases they get their, their, uh, their, their flying paid for, as I understand it, they have a very, very good discount. If they're, um, if they're a strong pilot, they can earn discounts on things. So there is some subsidy. Now, Olivier is, it's absolutely, was absolutely one of the very best uh, French pilots and to have him leave the team and, and start on his own with Spain, that was only possible because he has a uh, dual citizenship. I understand. I think it's, um, 
was. Can uh, you talk about why that happened, or is that his story to tell? I think yeah. I think I think you should definitely have him on so we can tell the story. And I think you probably refuse to tell it for that reason. I probably shouldn't tell it very much. But yeah. you know, I, I just there's political stuff going on in every every one of these yep. teams, um, and there's favoritism, sure. felt felt favoritism, whether it's there or not. It's uh, I don't I don't know if that's you know that's fair to say, but I think probably at the end of the day, he felt like he could do he could. He could be uh, happier and more competitive on a different team. It's really a, is you know, is that the, because of the um, the French system where it doesn't matter really? Well, it matters mostly, but they they still have authority to to take people off and put people on no matter where you finish. So the the I've I've heard from a number of people who are former French team members say the same thing. So I think it's okay to say that um, that there are that sometimes it doesn't seem like it's a, it's a, it's you're you're on the team by merit. Now it might be that the coach looks at the situation and sees a kind of merit that that other people don't see. And it might be some things where people feel like they weren't treated fairly, but the coach knows more than they do. And I, I remember reading um, Tom Osborne, Nebraska Cornhusker uh, coach's memoir one time, and he said the hardest thing he ever had to do was tell a, a player they were on the fourth string team. You know, they they were they were not good. They were they were good, good enough to be on the team, but they weren't good enough to start. They may not play very many games. Right? That was the hardest thing he had to do. So any coach who has to tell somebody they're not making the cut. You know, I'm mindful that that's that's not never easy, and they're never going to take it well. And and there's kind of a no. You're always going to take that personally. Yeah, and and, and part and also partly, but as a coach or as a as a business owner, as an employer, like I've been, if I fire somebody or something, then I, I want to let them have dignity. And one of the ways to let them have dignity is let them have the perspective that they're better than than this, and they deserve better. You know, that's that's how you give them dignity. You don't you don't you don't say no. You're actually an idiot. <laughs> You know, you're <laughs> crappy at this job. You just say it didn't work out and you try and let them have something they can walk away from feeling like you're a jerk. That's that's better for them. So you let them do that. So, I mean, the, but my point is I don't really know, but I have heard the same story from a number of uh, people on the team who felt like um, they didn't have, um, you know, uh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, fair. And, um, and maybe that's true. But the thing is, I don't think that's w- not working for them. So no, uh, the, results speak, you know. the results speak for themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to yeah, argue so, that. Maybe, maybe, maybe the yeah. lesson is that favoritism is a really good way to make a winning team. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and, and, and I would imagine, you know, uh, and this is certainly, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, and, and all the teams are going to struggle with this or su- succeed with this, depending on, um, how these different skill sets, uh, for a given aerobatic pilot on the team align. But, you know, I, I, can you imagine if the U S team had that ability to where like somebody w- was just insanely talented at taking an unknown walking it once and flying it lights out. I mean, they obviously, you know, everybody at that point on the unlimited team would, you know, the figures should be pretty, you know, pretty rock solid, I would imagine, but having the ability to, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you just have a, a, a skill set that maybe uh, somebody else lacks and that you can pick up that slack for an overall team, you know, benefit. I, does that, does that kind of play into the French team where like, you know, you see somebody with a, a good skill set here, or maybe they can't do this very well. And so, okay, you need to, you need to find, you know, you're, you're feeling holes. Basically this person's really good at this thing, but they, they are, are not good at X, Y, and Z. We need to get rid of them, put somebody else in that does have that skill set and it better rounds the team out. I mean, are they thinking of, they feel a huge team. I mean, I, I, nobody I, feels I, a bigger team than the French. I, I think well, it goes, there's a whole bunch of things to say here. I think the first thing is, this is something that I bring up with anyone who says they want to be on the team is I'll ask them, well, can you fly everything? Because that's the skill you need. Everybody has these ideas, especially the U.S. You need everything. 
Like, like there's some kind of intrinsic quality you should have. No, no, you have to be able to fly everything. That's what you need. You to fly can you fly catalog. every figure? Can you fly? Can you fly every figure? Can you? Are you afraid of any figures? If you're afraid of figures of any of them, and I've I've been on the team without being able to fly every figure. I've been on the team afraid to fly figures, but that's what that's a skill that I need and everyone needs. You should not be afraid of any figure. You should see everything in the catalog, everything that's ever become up in the worlds, and you should be able to fly it. And if you can't do that, you're going to have trouble. That's all there's to it. Yeah. So I think probably yeah. the French team, they probably start with a bunch of people who could do that. Um, there may be a, a small hole here or there, you know, maybe some imperfections yeah. here or there, but there's not a figure that these people generally are afraid of or can't fly. They all know how to fly all the figures. They've got it all written down, if nothing else, on how to do it, right? They know. They, 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 they've already flown them all. They're not surprised by them. They're not intimidated by them. So if you have a situation like that where you've got a bunch of people you can pick from who all can do that, and we have maybe one, right? But they have, let's say, 20. I don't know if it's that. <laughs> let's, say they, let's say 10 yeah. or 12 at least, right? Then you're going to start thinking about, as a coach, you'd start thinking, well, this person kind of bugs me. And this person here, he has a lot of things to say about how I coached. I don't like hearing that. Or this person here is kind of, I don't know. Maybe this person's, yeah, uh, this you know, he's, he's, he's been doing it for a long time and hasn't won yet. Or maybe this person's family has some money and they can afford to pay for more coaching. Or, yeah, I don't know. But you'd start thinking about all kinds of things, right? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and if, that, if that's, I don't know if that's what's happened, by the way. But if that did happen, then, you know, or, or maybe they're just thinking this, these people get along and these people don't get along. Who knows? There could be yeah. all kinds of reasons. Well, but I mean, there I, has to be, yeah. I would imagine there has to be some sort of a team cohesion um, that that factors in you have to you have to, I mean if if you're gonna have a team and feel the team you should be a team and over yeah. there I mean <laughs> Jeff and I were talking about this yesterday I was like you know uh, Odd could fly her MXS nonstop and you know the the SCs it's like a fuel stop to get to Poland whereas yeah. here it's a it's a insane journey of epic there's, proportions there's every two years to get these airplanes somewhere yeah there's advantages there there's advantages here um, it's not going to be fair or the same um, but I do think that. Um, when Americans look at the standings, they see, you know, uh, usually six, seven uh, Frenchmen in the top ten, right? They always look at that and think, well, that doesn't seem right. But it, you just have to imagine how far away we are from from a scenario where we'd have this is no knock on anybody, but including me, you know, where you could have six or six people in the U.S. who are able to to fly that well. I mean, it's just yeah. amazing. It's an incredible achievement yeah. that they can do that. And they train together. That's and, the and other it, thing. As a team, they train yeah. together. Like it's the United States is so tremendous. It's 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 I don't want to say impossible or near, but but it's extremely difficult to get together and train together. It's just it's just too far away. Well, one of the things Olivia and I talk no, about insane. a lot is is the um is our training. We we actually get about as much team training as they do. Believe it or not, our team camps we do three camps. They're like a week and a half or two weeks long or something like that. You know, nine days, ten days of flying. And that's just as much as they get um, for their team camps. They, they don't get much more than that. But the difference is they have a lot better dialogue and they have a lot better, um, you know, understanding of what they're what they're what they're, they're more ready when they start. We're just not ready until we've done it for a few years, and yeah. that's the big difference. So we don't have enough people ready in any given year. We have people who are ready and then tired of it and move on, and the new people come in and they're getting ready, and we just don't have the seven or eight who are ready every time. Yeah. Exactly. Jim, is there any um, any any thought to maybe making the team selection every four years? No, no one's ever thought of that. I I hadn't made I made several. I, I wouldn't say I made proposals, but I, I've uh, entertained a bunch of different thoughts on how to do it better. But I don't think it's going to change. You know, the, the politically, it's hard to change it because we just that the board is not very excited about doing a lot of work in that area because there's a lot of people who would feel feel like we shouldn't 
do anything with the teams at all. So we kind of try and stay away from the teams and the teams kind of manage themselves. And I think that's actually working out pretty well. The teams kind of just do their own thing and they're not really interacting yeah. with the board very often. There isn't a lot of the ice. The IC doesn't support the teams very much. A lot of people think they do. There's no, I mean, except no. for targeted donations, there's, there's not, it's just the team guys just do what they do and cause they love it. And, um, you know, the board has done some revisions to the selection process a couple of times, but they're pretty minor in the grand scheme of things. And I mean, I think that unless you had, um, <laughs> you know, the, the truth is, Mark, it's hard to corral a bunch of millionaires, right? I mean, it's pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds funny. That's really funny. Oh, I mean, it's it's true. You can make up all the rules you want, but if they can take their airplane and fly yeah. away and knock them back, then it's pretty hard to hold them accountable to stuff. But I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not one who thinks that we need that. There was um, the first whack. I came back and I had a couple people make some comments about how we didn't do very well. And I was like, man, you guys, you know, I mean, we're the only ones who were willing to go. So, that's, you know, we did our You know, well, it's disappointing. I understand it's disappointing, but you know, uh, but maybe their, pres- their presumption was that we had spent a bunch of money to send the team, but that wasn't even true. You know, it's just all us doing it on our own. So, it's hard to it's hard to improve a system that isn't doesn't exist. There's no real system. It's just people going out and having a good time. We don't take it as seriously yeah. in the end. Well, and and it's you gotta love it. You have to. <laughs> you have to love it a lot. Yeah, yeah. you do. It's you have just, to love it a lot. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. It, no, it's uh, it's 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 an amazing feat, you know, and it's it's been really fun, you know. Um, it, oh, man. Watching the flying so far, and it's it's just, you know, you, a lot of emotions. I'm sure you have a lot of emotions uh, on a multitude of different levels. But you know, we've all been kind of watching this. You you obviously want the best for the the U.S. team. You want them to do well. You want you want them to do well for a lot of reasons. You know, um, obviously you want them to do well because you want people to do well. You want you want to show their support, but then you want the team to do well as a country. Obviously, there's a little bit more than just. It's just like our Olympics. You know, there's there's um, country rep, uh, uh, reputation on the line and, um, uh, you know, a whole host of things, but, uh, it's been really, really fun to watch so far. At least the, at least the standings I say, watch, uh, yeah. there's no live feed, <laughs> but your, it's been uh, fun to watch the standings. What was your biggest takeaway from the uh, results after the first slate order? Uh, Joe. So I'm looking at it right now. There's the free known results. Yeah. Like what's your, what's your takeaway from that? Oh, it's impossible to really look at the scores. I mean, I can see the scores and see what people did, but I can't really, I can't really do very much. I mean, uh, Florent uh, Odon is a good pilot. Um, he's not, he's there's won five the fly. French in the top six. Yep, uh, <laughs> that's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, Aaron Delu is Delu's. I guess um, he's uh, number seven right now. He's a good guy and um, a good pilot. He was really yep, impressive. Well. That's a, yeah. really impressive. Yep, yep. And other than that, I mean, I guess I'm surprised to see Castor not fly a little. A little stronger. Um, is he flying the same airplane though? I wonder. I don't think he he's is. flying a Su twenty six. Yeah, he was I don't flying. know why it's spelled wrong. Yeah, so if he's, I, I heard that he wasn't flying the thirty one. Now I see it does say Su twenty six. I guess I need to go look, but that might be why I don't know. And um, of course, I'm just excited to see Jeff flying again. Jeff Urban's twelfth uh, place after the free known and. Back on the team, and awesome. I have to say, I was I was just so excited to be on a team with Jeff, and it's one of the things I and Jeff Jeff and I know each other really well. I'm I'm in living in Scottsdale, Jefferson Scottsdale. So we hang out quite a bit and, uh, he was good friends. He and his wife, Maria are good friends with, uh, Marianne. We were, you know, couples friends, you know yeah. how it is to have couples friends. And, um, yep. 
That's a, yeah, great, so, that's a great couple friends. It is, <laughs> and I usually, I usually hate, I usually, I usually hate couple friends really bad. It's like the worst thing ever. But this is, this is a good set. Anyway, I'm just excited to see him out there. Okay. And I wish I could be flying. Mental with note: him. Not uh, to try to be couple friends with Jim <laughs> with Nikki. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, I, I'm, 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 uh, I, I know that the team would like to be scoring better after the free known. I mean, I can say that. Um, I was um, sad. I mean, well, what was that, it like going into the free known when you were on a team? Like, what's, what's the game plan? Obviously. I don't think you, I mean, one, two, and three would be great to, to land as a, Americans, but like, where do you guys try to aim to put yourself or, or like what, take us through what it's like, you know, as a pilot in there, you know, at the previous walk that you were kind of, if you can relate. So, yeah, I mean the, the, the free, so the truth is at the, in the, I was in South Africa and South Africa, I could really barely fly the free note. That was a, that was a really tough contest for me. I was barely hanging on. I was sick. That's true. I forgot about that. But besides that, I had been flying unlimited, but not for very long. And I had a, a 330 LX. I switched to 330 SC. I got into a different SC at the contest. I was the sick. Flu, I think I was, yeah, I forgot about that. I was, it, or you, it, it, it might've been for, COVID and you're a super spreader now. Yeah. I guess I forgot that I, that I, um, I ended up um, losing like a week of practice right until the day before or something like that. So yeah, that was tough. But anyway, um, I, I really was struggling to fly the free known well. And I knew that, and it was just um, a learning experience for me in France. Um, I thought I was flying the free known very well and um, I could have flown better. But I had a, I think that was my strongest flight. I had a, I had a pretty strong free known for me at the time, you know, a strong uh, free known. But there was still like, you know, a lot, I, I don't remember, but there's, you know, uh, eight or 10% or something like that. I could do better, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not, it wasn't like anywhere close to the number one position, right? And I think it's just, um, um, we can fly these things over and over again, but you have to have the positioning, all that other stuff. We just don't have, I didn't have time to get it all dialed in. Now, when it came to the unknowns, in South Africa, I didn't know how to fly half the figures. In France, I was I was better, but I didn't really get a lot of time to practice the unknowns because I was still working on, you know, flying the free known well and, and learning all these figures and everything, all these tough figures. So, um, going into it, I was both times just um, obviously very anxious, worried I wouldn't perform well, worried I would, um, you know, let the team down, and um, um, thinking about all the positioning. Um, but also, um, you know, excited, ready to do what I'm supposed to do. I had felt, you know, prepared, as prepared as I was going to get. And I've uh, gotten the airplane, and of course, everybody's around you and urging you on. And just, it's a great experience, you know, taxing out um, for a worlds with, especially yeah. in Chateauroux, where I went in France, where there's, you know, 50,000 people or something crazy like that. So cool. And um, and you're waving to everybody, and and then you go out to the out of the runway. It's like going to an air show when they tell you, the, you know, the, the air, airport's yours. That's a great feeling, you know. So just sitting out there waiting and waiting and waiting, watch somebody fly, leave the box, you know, you're going to get called in. Then they give you the signal, the flag drops and you're out there and you have from that point on, you have 10 minutes it's from takeoff to touchdown. I think it is, is it 15. I can't remember now. It's 10. I think right? it's 15. It's, I think it's, yeah, whatever oh, it is. 10 yeah, for free known, maybe. Free known. Yeah. So you, so you take off and uh, you don't get to dilly dally. You get yourself set up and you get, what you do is, um, you know, you take off, you check the wind, get a good lay of the land. Everything looks a little different on the day of the contest, of course, just because your your um, nerves are going. You're nuts. nervous, <laughs> and you look down at the box, and you get yourself lined up, and you dive in. And then what you do is you fly. You can fly figures to practice. You can warm up, um, but you still have to stay within the ten minutes. So you fly like the first two figures of your sequence, and you come back out of the box and go back in and dive in. And then 
what I remember from both of the wax I've done, and this is true for every contest for me, but especially the wax is um, I don't remember anything. <laughs> Once I <laughs> like the whole, the whole takeoff, set myself up, you know, going in doing the, my warm up figures, looking around, seeing where the judges are, scoping all out, getting set back up. I remember all of that. But from the moment I wag the wings until I land, everything is complete darkness. I have no memory of it whatsoever because wow. you just, you just so concentration. Yeah. You're so focused and you're trying to, at first you're like, okay, I can't think about this. I can't think about that. I can't be nervous. But the reality is once you're doing 200 knots coming into the box, you're not thinking about anything. You know, you're just so busy. And um, I think it's just all the adrenaline and everything like that. So I, and I, I remember landing um, every flight at the WAC. I'd land and people would go, well, how'd you do? I, I don't know how I did. I mean, gee, I, was, I was in the airplane. You tell me how you were watching me, you know, I don't know. So oh, the, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very nerve wracking experience. And of course, if you don't do well, like in, um, in South Africa, I got two low calls. Um, and I, I mean, it's put me at the bottom, the very bottom of the very first flight. And I just felt so bad for the team that I couldn't contribute, you know, and I felt bad for myself too. And, um, you know, but so if you have a mistake like that, that takes you out, it's just, it's devastating. You, it, it, obviously it can be embarrassing because you have people who've been counting on you and uh, supported you, whether it's um, maybe some people get financial support, who knows, or, but mostly it's like you have people who've given up their time with you, your family, and you, they've done that so you can do your best and you show up and you make a mistake. And the reality is there's only one person at the end of this thing who's going to feel like they flew the best, you know, because they, they won. Everybody else <laughs> has some story they'll tell themselves about how they could have, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. And uh, we that. all have yeah, different I degrees, you know. Yeah, so so you, most people walk away with a feeling like, dang it, I wish I could try that again. And that's certainly how I felt, both wax. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that that's, even though the free knowing you get to practice the most, would you say that's the most nerve-wracking flight to do? Because it's the first one and, you know, you want to start off good and this and that. Would you say you're kind of nerved up for that and, and not not as I was worried. nervous. I was nervous. Every flight I've had an unlimited, I have been a little bit jittery over. But the the flights at the WAC, I was very nervous before each flight. I'm not a very nervous person. It's, right. it's this stuff that doesn't. I don't, I don't really uh, have too much problem with that. But um, um, I probably would have rather gone to the dentist than fly. <laughs> you know, but the, the, like the night before, right? Or that's or amazing. Like the, the morning, yeah. the morning. You know. But then the thing is, it's like I said, when I, if I ever feel scared, is once you get, at least for me, once I get in the airplane, get strapped in, there's, there's yeah. adrenaline, but there's no, there's nothing else. There's just excitement and, um, and, and kind of a feeling of urgency, you know, and let's get this thing going. And, um, and then once I start flying, it's, I don't think of anything. I'm just busy. So it all goes away once you get in the airplane to me. Yeah. Interesting. But sure. You're nervous then, because you know, you have to, you're, you're walking the sequence a million times. I'm like, I got to forget the first thing, the thing you're most nervous about is not making a mistake in the air with the, you know, the controls. You're nervous about having a brain fart and forgetting something. That's what you're nervous about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what you think about is you don't want to go backwards. I've done that. All right. We've all, yeah. we all have probably, but you go backwards, you come out of the figure the wrong direction, you get confused at which way the wind direction is or something like that. That's what you, you don't want to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they, they did the figure submission. We kind of went over it on the previous podcast, what the figures were. They made a sequence. Um, what's your takeaway on the figure that the U.S. submitted? It's the, um, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but it's a pull vertical and then 5.8 P loop with the snap on top and some rotations up. Do you have it in front of you? or I do, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, so what's um, your takeaway on that? I think, think it's it a, a really... Choice or- or yeah, I mean, I think, I think I think the the uh, t- 
typically Rob's strategy for these things is to get as much K as possible on figures. He likes that. That's his strategy. To, uh, and, and so that's a, yeah, that's a, Check. that's yeah. And I, and I've flown with and against Rob. So I know that's coming every time I fly any contest with him, the national. Can I ask you a quick that. sidebar yeah, question? Really quick one. Do you think mm-hmm. the French, cause this looks eerily similar to something at our nationals that was submitted. Do you think the French as, um, not crazy as they are as committed as they are, look at our nationals and our free unknown sequences and what, especially what Mr. Uh, Bobby Holly has been submitting and practice those. Yeah. I mean, That's we do it with, crazy. I watch, I watch every, I have a, um, I have, I don't know, 10 notebooks full of every sequence that anybody's ever flown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure they're doing the same thing. That's yeah, crazy. Sure. That's awesome to hear. I love that yeah. shit. Sorry. Continue yeah, on. no, I mean, you know, <laughs> on the U.S. team, they've got to be thinking about what Rob's going to do. They, they, there's everybody on the French team wants to be world champion. Yeah, and feels ready. Sorry. No, no, it's good. Well, as far as the U.S. figure goes, it's a, it's um, I would say maybe, um, maybe we've been doing those figures a lot more than other people in the last few years, and uh, we're we expect those figures to the whack. But if you notice, um, there's a lot of I think there's like a, you know Germany has a, a figure eight. And, um, yeah. you know, there's other teams, the French and the U.S., you know, both did P-loops, right? And they're very, very typical. But, um, you know, I think that the, the Australian uh, one, it must have been Aaron, must have put that in. I think it's a really good figure to put in. That's a, that's a, that's a, um, a gotcha figure. You know, I like that one a lot. It's Why the, is that uh, a gotcha? Well, you're because you get going really fast. You got to do this half outside snap on the forty-five down. If, if, if people aren't, don't have it in front of them, you pull forty-five to a three-quarter roll, two of eight opposite. Now you're inverted forty-five up. Then you pull uh, half a loop, so you're going um, on a positive line forty-five down. Then it's a half outside snap, so you're pushing. You're on a positive forty-five down. You're pushing to do the outside snap, and then you have to do a push out to level. Well, it's so easy to get going too fast. So if you haven't flown that figure before, it'll it's it can make it very hard to do a good snap roll, and it's very ugly. And what usually happens also is people round that out a lot. They don't want to stick the line really well, you know. So what do you think the magic speed is for that half flick would be then? I mean, I'd like to do it about a hundred knots, but that's not going to be possible. That's the thing. I don't. Yeah. I don't. You don't. You you if you plan that figure well, you might be doing. Um, you might hit that at 120, 110. I'd say 110 knots is be, would be what you want, but that's going to be hard to do. You know, you just yeah. you just get to make the line happen and do the snap right away. And you don't do a lot of people when they they know that you can snap the extra 138 knots, so they think you should. And um, that's not going to be very good on your body if you do that over and over again. You really need to hit a lot of these snaps um, at 95, 100 knots, 110 knots, a lot slower than people think. But this one here yeah, is that's amazing. It's yeah, that is that. slower than you would slow. think. It is slow. I mean, if you're going down, you know, you want to you want to hit them right away, um, pretty much. If yeah. you're um, if you're going up, you hit them fast. You know, you can do 100, 100, 100 yeah. If you're if you're going from a level line to 180 knots, and you have to do a snap on a vertical. You basically pull to the vertical, and you give yourself like a you know a, a one or two count at most, pretty quick count, and then you go because that's what you need. But on a situation like this, you're going to want to hit it right away. So that's a tricky one, right? And um, I think the U.S. is something that everybody's practiced a lot. It's a good one. It's a hard one to do. The funny thing about it is we've we've used those we've we've selected those figures before, and I've watched the U.S. team fail at them many many times. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, it seems like it seems like it's it's super catered to an MXS, and it mm. seems like the SC it's going to be a struggle to get a high score on that figure with an SC. 
You, 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 the, yeah, the, the trick is, um, so most of these figures you want to enter at about 180 knots, um, but that figure you need to be V&E. And the, 300 the knots? You, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. MXS V&E, yeah. Yeah, yeah two, two, 205 knots is good. But, uh, but lower, slower than that, slower than that, you're not going to, you're not going to get the snapper on top. And the other thing is you have to pull, um, you know, briskly and hit the line and then immediately roll. And the biggest problem that people have is you can practice that over and over. I've done it over and over. Um, you practice it, it looks good. But then on the day of the contest, you're thinking about, oh, I don't want to screw up. I got to go left. I got to look when I dump the three quarter, I look here and I go two of eight. It's not like when you practice, one of the problems we have is people practice that figure over and over and over and over and they get it on the 10th try, but it's not locked in. And the problem of the day of the contest is if you wait another millisecond before you do a three quarter roll, oh, you won't really have a good snap on top. There's no way you will. Yeah. So you, you have, you, you have to um, be a lot more prepared for these kinds of figures than, you know, that we usually get time to do. That's the problem. But I, I'm not saying they're not going to do it well. They probably will do it well. But it has been the case where, you know, I and others have struggled with the figures that we had practiced because we had we selected these figures that we just, you know, there's just only so much time in the, in the season to get ready. There's so many different figures, you know, you can't just focus on the one only. So I think that's a, that's, that's a, it's a good figure if they can do it right. Basically, is what I would say. It's a really good figure if they can do it well. The the one from Spain is the, um, is the other good one. It's a from yeah. horizontal push to vertical, three quarter outside snap. So that's that's hard to do, even without anything else. By the way, that's hard to do well. And then after that, a, a canopy up tail slide. That's a really hard figure to do, and you have to cheat. You can't possibly do it. Um, uh, you can't you can't be straight uh, vertical. You have to cheat the the line, um, and then you have to be able to do the tail slide. So you have to be you know perfectly level, wings level after the snap. It's not easy to do, and the snap has to be centered. It's, it's just a very, very hard figure to do, and I would imagine Olivier's practiced that a lot. He knows that he can do that. And do you think that the top five pilots that. look at that figure and they're like, "Okay, it's a hard figure, but like that's I got that in my bag. That's fine." Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's what I I think. I feel like because Mark and I were talking last podcast, and Mark had asked me, he goes, "Oh, well, what figure do you think is the hardest?" And and I had said that like figure nine stands out to people you know, as an obvious choice, but I think that it's, it's not the hardest figure for the people that are contenders to win. Like that's something that came out and they probably done, you know, a couple of thousand of them. I was thinking that, gosh, I think, I think the U S figure is going to be the hardest to score. Well, you know, outside well, this, of this, MX. here's, here's what's going to, I think what's going to make a prediction. And I, I think what's going to happen with the figure, the figure I, that this, uh, the tail side that Spanish came up with, is you're going to have a lot of pilots who are going to score very poorly because they're going to they're going to have a strategy that's going to make it so they don't zero. They're going to have a few pilots who who are um, confident they're going to zero, right? They're, so this it could take out somebody in the top ten, and that's, that's what that's, be exciting. that figures is designed to do. And if I were Olivier, that's exactly the kind of figure I would put in there because you know he knows he's he's you know he's got a shot. Um, he probably can do that figure really really well, and he's probably thinking I can do it most times. And I'm okay if I you know if I fail, I'm okay because I'm going to have a hard time winning anyway. And but what it might do is help them take one or two people out at the top level. It could take out somebody who's a really strong pilot because they're not going to want to cheat. They're they're going to they're going to cheat, but they're going to try and minimize the cheat. And they're going to get some people who are not quite prepared, and they're all going to get fives and sixes at best because they're going to you know cheat that line so much so they don't get a zero. And it's so it's going to take them. It's going to create separation. And what you want for these figures is to create separation. You want to make it so that there's um. You know, a, lo- a large range of scores. There's no point in having a figure that everybody gets sevens and eights on. You need a figure that people can get a three on or a four, and that's why a roller, even though I hate them, everybody does. You know, that's not a bad choice sometimes. And the 
And the figure that Spain proposed is not a bad choice. And the figure the U.S. proposed, it's not a bad is this choice. Is the first time that that three-quarter flick into a tail slide or, or snap roll up into a tail slide has been in the world? Because yes. I think it's... So this is really exciting to see all the different countries competing and, uh-huh. and seeing who practice it. I'm excited to see. And the best part, you know, side note, Jim, Mark and I were talking, is like, I love the fact that they're six hours ahead because I get a good night's sleep and I wake up and yeah. I'm like, uh, <laughs> just immediately. Like, I wake up to all the results. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. double clicking the refresh button a million times. <laughs> yeah. I wish there was a live feed that we could do. Uh, wouldn't it be fun if there was a live feed we do color commentary? That'd be so great. Someday. We're working that with really that fun. with Nationals. That we're working really with, uh, yeah. I'm sure you know, with uh, Peggy. Yeah. Mark's yeah, going to come great. out with me. Yeah. That's awesome. And I heard so uh, fun. somebody else who I don't want to mention, but a, a powerhouse might be commentating too. That sounds great. Well, I, I would, I would do, if I can find time at nationals, I'll do some of that too. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. We so wanna, fun. We're trying to lock in the advance. Cause I, dude, I am so excited for the advanced nationals this year because it's going to be, uh, you know, us worlds. Oh so my God. Everybody and their mother and their grandmother and their nanny is going to show up. People come out of the woodwork. You know, yeah. I'm eligible for the advanced team. Yeah. So, well, Silberti already registered for advanced. <laughs> you should do it. I mean, honestly, how does that work? Well, because if you don't fly at the worlds for a couple of years, something like that, then you can step down. Hell and, yeah, uh, man, do it. I've got, uh, I've got the. I, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I should, but I've got uh, the MX might be coming to me supposedly in a couple weeks. So if I have a new airplane, I haven't flown all year, maybe I would fly advanced, but I probably would fly Oregon core off to think about whether I want to fly with the team. I think that might be rude, but uh, it's tempting, honestly. You know, Mark and I talked about that and you know, something like nobody's given, given any money out. It's your plane. It's your, this is fun at the end of the day, right? Like this is, this is a passion. Like why, if yeah. that's what you do it, who, well, but, but other people's fun matters to me too. And it should, cause I have responsibilities, but, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it would be kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's you know maybe not yeah, other people's fun's cool and all, but you know what? Like, <laughs> don't, isn't there just a little bit of satisfaction watching that person hang their head low who like just got X'd out, mi- missed it by one. And they're just, you know, they're walking back to their stupid SC cause you got an MXS now and you no. get to say that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be good about that. <laughs> but you know what, you know what to me is, um, I really might not, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I really want to fly again. I've, I've you know, taken a break and I'm ready to get back into it and I miss it, but um, I don't know how ready I can be in by the nationals and I don't want to not it's fly. Be so, tough. Yeah. It's, it's going to really be hard. tough to, mm-hmm. I mean, God, I man, think people are going to be very hard. surprised. I think people are going to be very surprised. I hope we get, you know, people hope are we get, really going to bring it. I hope we get 50 people if, uh, in advanced. That's what Mark said. That would I be amazing. So. Be crazy. How many Bible do you predict are going to be on the team? Seriously, no, I'm dead serious, and it's funny too because you know it's going to happen. That's why you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's five. I think it's going to be I hope five. We, I hope we get a bunch of them. Be great. I think I'm calling sport. five. I think the 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 pits mafia, whatever you want to call them, they're going to come out because there's some. I mean, you got. I mean, Johnny O. And yeah, he's great. Johnny O is the, is the only one that comes to my mind that that could probably make the team and. In advance with a byline uh, right now that is going Pat, that is going for it. Uh, that. Well, no, Pat. Yeah. Uh, what's that guy's name, Jim? Pat with the biplane. Pat Anderson, not Anderson. You know, he flew nationals. He's got like a a white and black biplane. He flew advanced. Mm, I can't you know remember. who I. You know, but anyway, this guy Pat. Um, I don't know him well, um, but I think there's going to be a lot of great pits pilots coming out. And hell yeah, man, I'm excited. And I think advanced is going to, what do you think about this idea, Jim? I mean, 
I think advanced is going to have a lot more um, former and limited people in that category, just because sure. the way the way unlimited is going right now, like, and I get it and I, unlimited is unlimited, man. But like, if you're a super competitive person and, and you enter things and you want to win sometimes like your life and, and priorities. And if you're smart enough to, to, to put them all in a column and see what's realistic or not, it's, it's impossible. So like you're, you're going to get those people that are like, well, I'm not going to go to be mid pack. So I'm going to, I'm going to go and be an assassin in advanced. And I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think advanced is going to become a, a very large field. Yeah. Well, this is, this is um, one of the things I really believe about international competition. Why I think it's good for the IC is just because of the way it pushes people back into the sport. It's, I've, I did, um, when I first became president, I, I ran some numbers about the, the WAC in Texas. And the, um, the number of unlimited pilots in the country was something like 40 unlimited pilots in the country competing at the regionals that year. And the, the year after the WAC, it went down to like 20, and it stayed about 15 or 20 ever since. So the WAC really drove participation unlimited. And a lot of people who remember how unlimited used to be, they oh, may God. not realize yeah. that that it was a lot of it was because the WAC was um, was an exciting thing for the people who had several years to work up to, and that's where a lot of the limited pilots came from. And now, funnily enough, those pilots, some of them are coming back to fly advanced, possibly, which is funny. So, um, yeah. you know, more power to them, more power to them. You know, um, it's, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Is, I think is, is got gotten obviously gotten more difficult. And there's a lot of great pilots. The the airplane performances are, I mean, the uh, the models are, you know, the SCs, you can fly whatever the hell you want. But I mean, there's tail slides, three quart, all these snaps. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not like the 1990s, you know, with, with that, with that category K. The sport has gotten more complicated. There's more to, more to learn, more to know about, um, more to train. Um, it's, 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 it's not really possible to be a casual limited competitor at all. It probably never was. But it's um, getting to where it's hard to be a casual advanced competitor at the world level. At the national level, it's not not hard. You can, yeah, yeah, you can have fun. Um, but um, at the world level, um, it's real serious competition, like really serious. They're good mm-hmm. pilots. They're strong pilots. Um, it needs to be your job. Yeah, it's if you're gonna if you're gonna fly at the worlds, it should be a really big part of your life. At least not your job, but a big part. Yeah. Well, that's what makes it a competition. Um, I mean, that's that's the idea is everybody's trying their best to win. So you can't you know can't get upset yeah. about that. Everybody's trying just as hard as you are or better. No, you can't get mad at it. Yeah. I mean, so are you gonna be out there, Jeff? Are you flying for the team this year? Oh God, that's like the biggest question that Mark and I I talk to my therapist Mark about all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean yeah. you know, the goal we 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 should really save this for another podcast and, it, and we kind of touched upon it a little bit, but it, I really want to fly unlimited and I want to be competitive and unlimited. And, um, this is honestly like a really big conversation that I want to have and it'd be fun to talk about. So do you mind if we table it? Sure. I don't have a decision yet. Yeah. You know okay. what I'm saying, Mark? Like it's like a 30 minute conversation, right? Last time we talked about it. You know what? Je- Jeff just doesn't want to commit <laughs> and it's really upsetting. I understand. You're supposed to say, how does that make you feel, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> oh I get it God. though. You know, it, it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing because I, I know we'll talk. No, about no, it. no, we can save it, but we, we got to bring Jim back on to talk about it though. Cause yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. his perspective on it would be really interesting. It's just another way to great. get Jim JB on the uh, podcast. Cause we love him to death. Yeah. Gotta get JB back. 
All right. Yeah, so what? I mean, which figure do you think is going to be besides the 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 tail slide uh, with the ascending snap? What? What? Whichever. What's the What's the gotcha figure? Well, you kind of did. I actually got the Australian figure. Any other figures you think are are kind of like hidden? Hidden? Uh, hurricanes? I think. I think. I think that. I think that um, the Spanish and the Australian figure, are the two that um, that they won't. I don't think they're going to shuffle the pack, but they might. Well, the, the Australian figure is going to be the one that uh, creates separation among everybody, right? There's the people who are weaker pilots will be much weaker on that than people who are strong pilots. The Spanish figure is the one that might pull somebody out of the top ten. That's where the, the change might be in the top ten. You might put somebody. Dude, somebody might that lose would be flight, so exciting, right? It's possible. Um, and then the other, I mean, the other two figures that are the hardest ones are the, are the USA's figure and the France's figure, obviously. And those yeah, are just hard yeah. to do, but but I think everybody can fly them. They just won't get in the U.S. figure. The hard thing is to get the snap on top and make it look pretty. But everybody will probably get a snap. There probably won't be hard zeros to speak of. It'll just be a kind of an elongated P loop on top. And the French the French one is not a think, particularly hard figure. You think the U.S. figure is going to be one of those where people are just getting four fives and sixes on? Well, it might be a PZ for some people with the snap roll because once you get slow on top, yeah. It's very hard to show pitch anymore, and then the and then there might be some yeah. yeah, it might be some fives and sixes because the 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 looping portion won't be round. That's really easy to do, obviously. So that's possible. And then there's usually yeah, if you run out of energy, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing. There's no cheat. There's nothing you can do to hide it. And there's if also you're out of it. You're out of it. And it's also um it, very easy to look ugly on the on the rolls in the bottom, the one and a quarter, one and three quarter, because you're pushing to level. Then you have to do the you know people do the one and a quarter roll. They throw in a bunch of rudder, and it looks ugly, and then they. Um, add the aileron with the rudder still in, then it kind of plane kind of almost snaps back into you know, the roll, and it looks it looks bad. Um, so there's, you're going to lose some points there, and people are always over on the one and a quarter or under. You know that happens a yeah. lot, so there'll be some deductions there. But the big thing is the snap roll. That's why that figure is in there. That's why they chose it because the snap roll is hard to do unless you are really hauling ass. Yeah, <laughs> space shuttle entry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm looking at the order of flight for tomorrow. Which they're Dude, actually great minds. Me. I just pulled that up because I was like, I, we got to talk about it. I haven't seen flight. it. <laughs> um, do you need a link or you got it, Jim? I got it. Okay. So Castor Fantoba, number two, he's probably, mm-hmm. he, how angry yeah. is he cursing in Spanish right now? Just going nuts, <laughs> doing a salsa probably. dance. <laughs> yeah. That's how at this point with his, where his, sta- where he's standing, you know, what is he in 12? Uh, I can't remember where he's at right now. He's, 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 not done as well as I think he thought he would do. Like, does it even matter at this point? Order of flight for him at this point? Well, it always matters because there's a lot of contests left, and a guy like um, Castor can come back from 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 you know a big hole. I mean, he's not he's not out of it. Um, so he's intense. No, I guess that's true. There's there's three unknowns. I mean, obviously, no, you, you want to be you want to be at the eighty three percent level, like uh, Florent Odon is and Rob's up there. You don't want to be in the upper seventies or something like that. That's a big difference. I actually can't find the order of flight. I was wrong. I thought I had it, but I don't have it. So I can't follow along with you guys, but that's okay. We'll just talk about it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if, if I were caster, obviously I'd want to be higher up, but he's a good pilot and he's probably still a contender. So I got a question. Um, so flying seven is, uh, oh, and by the way, we had so many people come at us because, well, Mark is a lot better than I am, but I can't pronounce any foreign names uh-huh. and people were like, Oh man so much hate but then we also had a lot of like people so we might ask for uh i might ask for like a hooked on phonics kit from somebody just to (laughs) breathe myself for the rest of this show but olivier and before we continue uh, i got 
Oh, hold on. I got to give Mark Cunningham a shout out. We canceled him for being, I think we canceled him for being Canadian. He's now uncanceled. Oh, nice. And, uh, because he helped us with the pronunciation and, and the pronunciation, I still didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. So he got recanceled. <laughs> so, so he's recanceled because he didn't help us enough. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so yeah. Um, Olivier, is that how you pronounce his name? Mazzarella? Olivier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All yeah. Why is there an Olive. R? Like why put an R? He's, I don't know. They just got, don't they, like the they're very spendthrifty with their letters. God. <laughs> I came from a poor family. We couldn't afford ours. Yeah, exactly. Just um, right? throwing ours on things? No way. Geez. It's like Italians throwing vowels. Like, oh, let's <laughs> buy some vowels. Um, I do have the order flight up now. What? So I can follow along <laughs> with you guys. Craig and Forth. Yeah. Yeah, but um, seven and eight. So Olivier is, a, he's, he's, he's great. I see that. And Rob is great. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is, I wouldn't be upset if I was Rob. And because I think that Rob is Rob is flying unbelievable, uh, you know. I don't want to sh- sound like we're obsessed, but I guess we are. But if he can fly noticeably better than Olivier, and if Olivier's, Olivier scores high, I think Rob's going to throw out a tremendous score, tremendously high score. I remember at the uh, WAC um, in France, uh, Rob had a flight. He won the flight, and it was I've never seen anyone fly a plane that hard. I mean, I, and everybody throws out all kinds of uh, kind comments about flying and stuff like that. But I mean, really, he just absolutely, I mean, I, I don't know how he was, <laughs> I don't know how he survived the flight. He would just crush it. He was flying yeah. so hard, so fast. And in such a tight box, we could just feel the G's from the ground. And we're all just astonished, you know, just watching like, holy crap, he's not leaving anything behind, you know. And uh, he had uh, the best flight by far. Um, but I remember he landed and I, I turned to AJ and I said, Hey, what do you think? He, what do you think he got? I'm thinking like fifth or sixth. And he's like, yeah, probably fifth or sixth. You know, he just didn't believe that he would get the scores, but he won the flight. So, uh, and I think there yeah. was something about that where he had, um, if I remember right, he had over-rotated snap in the flight beforehand. And, no. um, and I think at that point in the contest, there's always a point in the contest where you realize that you have nothing to lose. You know, that's, um, it happens. I think I've, I've seen it happen. To uh, to rob and other people, where the, you just you just realize, well, I, I have. I mean, it doesn't matter if I'm afraid. I've got to go out there and do everything. It happened I can to Chapman. Take all the points. Like, I can. If you listen to the Matt Chapman episode mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. he finished second, yeah, 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 and and I remember that flight really well because of that. It was, it was just, and he's not a cautious person um, that way. Anyway, he always flies very very hard, but it, you could tell there was a different level there. And I I don't know. I mean, if if um, like he flew maybe, pissed off. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if he was pissed off. He might have been pissed off. But but Olivier is. Um, I don't think Olivier's cares where he is he's that he's not the kind of person to care and i don't think rob's probably very worried about it either i think the, what they're both thinking is oh darn i don't get a chance to watch you know olivia i don't get a chance to watch rob it's probably what they're thinking not not that the but from a from a judging perspective though do you think that it will help rob score if, if he flies better than olivier no i don't i don't think i i'm maybe naive but i don't think those things matter too much at this because i think the judges they are they are um so aware of when pilots like olivia and rob are flying that they're they're just like super okay. focused when these guys come up there. Yeah. There is a little bit of people talk about um, bias and how it's true. You probably have to be at a couple wax before you'll get noticed, but that's, that's normal. I think that's okay. Even, but, but if someone was really, really crushing it, it might be hard for them to win. Let's say someone who's never flown before, you know, they just magically were the best airbag pilot. There's, there's a little bit of bias. It maybe isn't very fair, but, but what it allows them to do is just, um, you know, is really pay attention when they, okay, this person here, I should, 
they're always paying attention. I don't know how to put this. I just think that the, the, they're, they're ready to give the scores to Livia and Rob when they earn them. I think they're going to do it uh, regardless of what order they're in. Whereas if it was me, you know, or uh, or somebody else who was um, right before Rob, they might be like, okay, uh, you know, I'll save the 10, you know, <laughs> for the next guy, you know. That's horrible, Jim. Don't say that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, but my point is I don't think it really affects anything to have them next to each other. I tell you, tomorrow is an exciting day. I'm just going to read it off really quick uh, in, in order of the names that stand out to me. Um, Fantoba, Mazarel, Holland, Bourbon, Berger, Orlowski, Lemmerdant, Delhue, Odin, and uh, that that's going to be all tomorrow. So there's a lot of uh, snoring in. A lot of freaking top 10 pilots flying tomorrow. Yeah, it seems Exciting. that way. Can we talk about how Louis, uh, how this, how WAC is once again rigged. <laughs> he draws last. Oh, wow. He's last. Yeah. Well, it's a good spot to be. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it depends, but probably a good spot. To I be. feel like that's going to be day two. You, you figure they're going to split the pack and fly what? 20, 21, 22 tomorrow mm-hmm. and then fly the rest. Then at the following day. Yeah. I mean, I think there's probably, if you're not maybe the first three or so, it probably doesn't matter too much. I wonder if anyone's ever done any statistical analysis of that. I kind of wonder if it's true or not, but yeah, probably being last is probably we better. We hear a lot of talk of it, but yeah. Yeah. Wonder. I don't know. That's uh, a cheat. I, oh, there's a ton of cheat. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, just I know they don't cheat because, well, they could, I guess they could, but they, you know how they do it. You draw cans. You know how that works? Does everybody know? Maybe yeah. everybody knows. Okay. Well, in case the viewers at home don't know, they have like, cans they write numbers on them they have them all mixed up you go pick your own can on the bottom on the bottom yeah so you don't know it now it'd be hard to cheat with that yeah 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 i mean i mean yeah i know silly yeah yeah you're just a well, silly I, yeah. silly guy just 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 silly, silly just goose. calling everybody a bunch of cheaters just maligning yeah undermining you know <laughs> it makes it, it makes no sense why the french are winning right now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> If I could, no. if Coincidence? I, yeah. If I could never hear people complain about how uh, the French aren't as good as they score, I, I again, I'd be very, very happy. I'm so tired of hearing that because I know it's not true, and I wish it was true, but it's not true. Yeah. No, they are. They well, they are machines, and they do fly well. But there is, I think that within, within the French, I think that they they do. There are some halo effects within their team. You know. Um, I don't know. I just, it's like, you know, when somebody shows up and they're a world champion, you know, and if you don't perform as a world champion, I think it hurts you a little bit more than it normally would. I agree with that. That's probably kind of what I was saying a little bit earlier. It's just, there's a little bit of inertia, I guess is a better way to put it. Like you, you, you can't get, maybe, maybe be hard to get some of the scores the very first time you're out. Yeah. But you know, if, yeah, if you've won the worlds or the, or the French nationals and you go into the world, the world, you know, you're going to have a little bit of uh, attention. And probably a little bit of bias, and that's human nature. I don't know if you can do much about that, really. I agree. With I that. think the same thing's present in the U.S. judging. I think it's present in all judging. It's just it's something that um, you know we just have to be aware of and um, and try and work on as best we can. And personally, it's very hard to fix it from a systemic level. But I do think that the top, I would imagine, it'd be impossible. Yeah, the top five are always the top five. You know, you can't get away from that. And a lot of the complaints, it's not on I, accident. Yeah, but it's funny because the people that bitch about this shit, you know, more than half the time are, are it, it doesn't, they're at the bottom of the pack, mid pack. So, like, it's like, okay, you, know, you got 14 instead of 18. Good. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like, from my, my perspective, I was scored fairly in all of my flights, and I never saw anyone scored unfairly. And, and I watched all the flights, um, both WACs I've been to. I think I watched every single flight, and I, except for the ones maybe when I was in the cockpit, you know. And, um, and so did everybody else, the team. And I never objected to anybody's scores. It all looked good to me. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I can't imagine at that level there being big, big problems with judging. You know, probably not a lot of protests. Well, they have video not a lot of now, wild scores. Right? There's, what is this? Do they really? Yeah, on any hard zero, any hard zeros gets video reviewed. Um, right. I think that's true. That's how it is at our nationals. I'm sure it's like that, Siva. The thing yeah. is, I know that there have been problems that's, with scores. Great. I mean, there, 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 unfortunately, I have heard of problems with scores. I have heard of collusion with judges. I have heard of those things. I think they do probably happen also. But I don't, from my yeah. experience, I haven't seen where it's you know changed the standings in any way. Yeah, but you know, who knows? Yeah. You know, but I think the thing is, it's it's really, really, um, it doesn't look good as a competitor to complain about that. You better be really freaking sure. You better have, you better yeah. have video evidence and affidavits before you start saying that things weren't fair because it doesn't look good. It doesn't matter if you're right. Nobody wants to hear that. And is it, <laughs> it going to really yeah. change things too? It's just a waste. It's, yeah, it doesn't look good for you. You're not going to make any friends, and no one's going to be impressed with you if you start talking about how the the uh, contest is rigged just you know take your lumps take your medicine and go home and try again later is all you can do yeah 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 tomorrow's gonna be i'm I'm super excited with tomorrow i think i i didn't think of it from what you were saying jim with the top 10 zero you know in it's in the back of my head but like th- that figure can be easily zero that that ascendings uh outside three quarter into a canopy up tail slide um anybody on this list can fuck that up you know it's and you know, from a spectator point of view, I'm fucking pumped <laughs> to wake up <laughs> and see what's going on. <laughs> um, where is the biggest? Where is the biggest problem in that figure? Uh, in, in terms of of judging, I mean, obviously you got you know, uh, Jim, you already talked about where to cheat and all that stuff. But where where is going to be the biggest? Is it is it the exit to the three quarter snap? Is yes. that going to be where the judges look at? Well, you're looking for. I mean, obviously the the, the push. Um, they have to push to a vertical, which they won't do, right? And then they'll because they want to uh, drag a wing, and yep. then um, and then they'll do a three quarter snap, and then after that they're supposed to be vertical, which they won't be because they don't want to. They want to be leaning yeah. forward, you know. And um, cheat, cheat the uh, the slide a little bit. I mean, those those are the two things that judge. I mean, then obviously they could. Th- th- there's going to be people. There'll be people who um, who aren't. They'll, they'll be vertical, but they'll be loaded incorrectly, and they'll. Um, they'll end up doing some, something like a hammer during the tail slide instead mm. of a tail slide. So, um, but that's easy to see as a judge. The two things you're probably most worried about is those is how much cheat you're, you're able to see. And yet the, the judges kind of probably allow for a little tiny bit because they know it's impossible to do it otherwise, even though they're supposed to judge against perfection. I doubt they would give, you know, a, um, if you're, if you're, I mean, maybe they would, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be hard to get a, a 10 on that figure. If you right, get a ten obviously. on that figure, you can retire and you can yeah. be called an aerobatic god for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah, but there's but there's going to be a lot of eight and a halves. I'll, I'll say that I think there's going to be a lot of eight and a halves and nines that are probably a little generous because it's very hard to if you actually watch somebody from the right angle to see that they're you know they're, they're going to cheat on both those lines. It's going to be a deduction there for both of them. But if you were designing the sequence, um, what figure would you put first? The U.S. figure. Yeah. I agree. Unquestionably. Because you need you have to have that one, there's no way to, to fly it unless you have all the energy and you really don't and also um well that's enough reason. That's enough reason. Yeah, you want to have all the energy you can for that figure and, and where else would you put it really? 
does it surprise you when you see some of the sequence submissions um, specifically to the, these uh, figure selections when that figure is like at the bottom of a sequence or not first, but it, oh, I've, like seen some, some, I've seen some crazy things. I, I've actually think, uh, I think one time we made a decoy sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. I remember. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 I don't think that anyone bit, awesome. bit on it, but it was, it looked good, but it wasn't going to work very well. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've, I see some, uh, look, um, it's hard to make sequences. Coco's really gifted at it. Olivier's good at it. Rob's good at it. I think Craig Gifford's really good at it too. It's hard to do. Um, do you think it's, um, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. No, it's a, that's probably it. Go ahead. <laughs> no. Do you think it's fair that if the U S you know, they train all year, uh, they hire a coach pay for, you know, Coco is, you know, he's his mind paying for his mind. He comes over there and Coco designs a sequence and then everybody, every other country who they're competing against has a right to use that sequence. It's like giving away, I, I call it giving away your playbook. Do you think that there should be a rule that like you f- like fly your own shit? I think for, in the interest of safety, that would be a bad rule, even though it does seem fair. I mean, you, ha- you have to allow people to realize, oh, crap, that's not going to work. And it's just happened yeah. so often, you know, I, I, but you're right. Um the U.S. team makes, I think, very good sequences, and the French team obviously make good sequences. And I would trust any sequence Olivier would make. So, right. the, you know, everybody's eventually going to use those sequences. But, you know, um, it's yeah, but I can you, see the argument that it should be that way. Yeah, I mean, because you got a guy like Aaron Delhue, who is he's proven to be a, a phenomenal pilot, but who knows if he can design a sequence and he can just sleep tidy at night, not worry about mm-hmm. anything, wake up and just go U- U.S. and then go back to sleep. The thing is, I don't think it's probably going to matter because despite the the level of competition between all the teams and how much everyone wants to win, we all still sit and talk about the sequences and we all get our own little take on it. Not all of us. Some of us, some people go and make bad sequences, but for the most part, it's a pretty good dialogue between everybody. Hey, what are you, how are you going to fit this figure in? What connector are you going to use here? We we talk about that because uh, it, it helps everybody. And I think the part where it helps everybody is, you know, it's kind of nice. It's one, one area we kind of, it's kind of more like a group effort. And we sometimes will, um, in fact, we've even had cases where we put in a couple sequences, like one, a team did a sequence. We talked about like, okay, well, we're going to do it the other way. Cause if the wind's different tomorrow, we'll all pick that one instead of the one you did, you know? So that's kind of, kind of some, um, collaboration that happens. Yeah. Interesting. But, but I can see your argument. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. I think it'd be to, it would be a, a much bigger disadvantage for a team like, you know, a Greece that doesn't have a full team. Than it would be for the yeah. U.S. We've got eight pilots. You know, we could have we could have uh, hours and hours of dialogue on which on how to put the figures together. So yeah, it, it wouldn't France, really be. France is always going to use France's, and I remember Russia um, always used Russia's. Um, what a shame they're not there this year, huh? I mean, obviously, we all know why, but um, oh, it's a shame. You can say it's a shame for sure. It's always a shame. It's terrible. It's this this yeah. these competitions are important, and um, is you know politics are. You know, if you want to call it politics or whatever you want to call it, some people wouldn't want to say it's politics, but it is. It's it's in that realm. Um, it's too bad when that interferes, but um, I'm not I'm not saying it's not the right thing to do. I really don't pay attention very much to that. I just want I pay attention to aviation. I want people to be able to fly, and it makes me sad that we can't have uh, time like this to get together. Yeah, I mean, and I have I have friends in the Russian team, and I I, I feel bad for them. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's interesting. Well, all they want to do is fly. Yeah, I mean, is that really one of this transcends the the political landscape. They just want to fly and invade other countries. That's all they want to do. Yeah. That's it. 
That's a joke. I don't. I don't really even understand that issue. So I can make that joke. I don't even know what that everybody's talking about all the time. I never yeah. know what the current stuff is. I don't pay attention to it. So I get trapped these conversations. I have to try but to whether you know it or not, is is the Russia? Whether you know or not, is Mamisov going? Is him being at the World Aerobatics Championships really mean dick about what's going on right now? Like, is that going to change people's minds? Like, or the cor- the course of action or, or anything going on? Like, is it, like, come on. Like, we all know the World Aerobatics Championships is watched by X amount of people, which really isn't a lot of people. Like, it's you're trying to make a statement on, on a platform that, that really isn't that big. Like, it's like, come on. <laughs> Maybe yeah, let them I mean, compete on their home country. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, did SIBA not allow them or did Russia not, no, not that was, sponsor them the F- to go? The FAI decided that uh, Russia would not be allowed. FAI did? Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's, Francois Mavislav is coming over. He's going to compete on the French team. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm yeah. surprised. Honestly, there weren't I – know, I know some of the Russians who could um, – who could compete on another team, but maybe there was a reason they couldn't do that. Uh, Roman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to say, but yeah, there's, there's definitely some Russians who had up, I think had, um, who could legally have, um, joined a different team. Yeah. I think Roman's so got, you, you don't have to say, it, but we could, Mark and I, nobody believes us anyway, but there was that whole thing with Roman too. Like he's got, I think he's got dual citizenship, Russian, France, and he's, did he marry Svetlana or is he dating her? Um, they're married. They're married, I right? Or engaged. I think you should ask Ramon. I don't really know. I know I know I knew that they were together. I don't know the extent of it. I can't call Russia. I'll have the FBI in my house. <laughs> I haven't talked I talked to Ramon. I can't, uh, I can't call Russia. You can message him. He's awesome. Yeah, I talked to him a bunch yeah, of times. I ch- I chat with him on uh, on WhatsApp, but we never talk about that kind of stuff. I don't know. How's the I, wife? I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, good times. Good times. What was her nickname back then? They called Love her it. something. It was um, and it was a, it, it wasn't a mean nickname. It was like the Serbian, um, like something pretty, you know, because she was obviously, you know, was yeah, you know, as a, as a great look, looking, she's a great looking lady, uh, but she was called something. I forget. All I know, is she's really oh. nice. I like her a lot. She's kind. I've met her a few times and um, I don't know her very well, but she seems like a very friendly person. And Ramon's super friendly too. Yeah, Ramon's awesome. The best story I have from Ramon, Ramon's very friendly. In South Africa, I think it was Ramon. I'm pretty sure, yeah. He was um, going to (laughs) go. He left his window open because it was hot. He was going to take a shower. He's getting his coffee ready. He goes to take the shower. He comes back when there's monkeys in his room with his creamer. (laughs) Did you hear this story? No. They're running all around the the (laughs) hotel room with the, with the, uh, the um, uh, carton or container of creamer, and they, they had unscrewed the lid. <laughs> With the monkey took the container of creamer. Oh yeah. my gosh! The container of creamer opened. They knew it. Apparently, knew what creamer was because they've seen it before. You know, they all wanted it, so they were all in his room. And he's chasing the monkey around. That went out in the tree and uh, and chattered at him and drank his creamer in front of him. I just think that's a good story. There's a lot of stuff like that happening in the in South. And now we have monkey box. Awesome. <laughs> Coincidence. Thanks. Thanks to the World Aerobatic Championships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Um, well, Jim, um, before we before we wrap up, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, this we're going into. Uh, I guess I'm too tired to think about the time difference. Are we go? We're going into day four tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, day three, day three of flying. 
Um, what, where's the team, where's the U S team at and what conversations are being had right now as a team? Okay. Well, the, the thing that the team is thinking about, well, I don't know. I, I would say if my guess, what the team is thinking about, really right, speculating. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I would say the team is thinking about right now is a couple of things. One of them is obviously individually, they're all interested in having the best flight they can possibly have. And, um, I would imagine there's a lot of, um, um, attention being paid to Rob's success right now, because that's the most, um, you know, heartening thing that's going on right now. He's flying very, very well. But the other thing that they're thinking about a lot is that um, they need to hold on to second place. It's mathematically almost impossible to get first place at this point. If you just look at the, the way it works out, it's pretty hard to do. Francis got it already locked up. Um, unless there's a number, yeah. they'd have to have a number of zeros. Now it might happen, but that would not be the U.S.'s decision, right? The U.S. is, um, it's not the U.S.'s power to make that happen. Uh, maybe, what maybe would you France say was 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 uh, harder, me winning unlimited nationals or f- France? <laughs> France has France has better odds. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but the, right now the, the U.S. is only a couple hundred points ahead of uh, Spain uh, for third place, and um, and Spain and has close too. Yeah, and well, and, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a closer race. And uh, Spain has Olivier and Castor, and um, those two can put out an eighty percent flight. It can happen pretty easily for them. So if they if they do that uh, tomorrow, then it would be very hard for the U.S. to to stay in second place, and the U.S. is not going to be in third place. We've been we have a pretty good run of second place finishes, which I know we don't we want to be first place. But if I run the team right now, I'd be thinking, okay, let's let's um, stay calm, stay really focused, listen to the coach. Make sure your mental preparation is good. Walk the sequence. Talk with everybody about how you're going to fly. What's your strategy for the next day? Um, you're going to be rallying behind the people who are flying tomorrow. Some of them won't be flying tomorrow, so they'll they'll be you know those people will be kind of taking a supportive role. Support. Um, yep. Yeah. They'll, they'll be maybe a a nice steak dinner. You know that kind of stuff goes on, and uh, hopefully a good night's sleep. And in the morning, you're um, you're walking the sequence. You're just walking it over and over and over again, talking about it, thinking about it, visualizing it. Where am I going to be in the box? What am I going to see? What am I going to feel? What am I doing with my hands at this point? Where, where, where's, where are my eyes focused at this point? And it's all about just trying to get, um, you know, a, a 76, 77, 78% instead of a 73%. That's what everybody's hoping for right now from the U S team yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Do you think that, um, from us, Spain's team's perspective right now, um, cause you know, Castor and Olivier very well. Um, this guy, I never heard of Heiner, Weberg again. I'm sorry, audience. I can't pronounce names. I get flying, it. Flying a German registered uh, extra for the Spanish team. They got uh, yeah, <laughs> got a real international Spanish team. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. And then I was surprised with Alex. I almost was going to put him in my top. I don't know if you saw on Facebook we did a uh, top tens, which you did not do, Jim. Which I get. Mm-hmm. Um, can't you know? I get it. But I was yeah. surprised, Alex. Oh God, here we go again. Bow Chels. Balcells, is that right? Balcells, Quirrell, number he's thirtieth right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen his name and and seen him throw off some good flights, and he finished with the sixty nine, which seems low for his his kind of caliber pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you, what I'm getting at is, is what do you think the mentality of Spain is right now? Because they got two. Obviously, it's a battle for two. We get that. Um. Do you think they're feeling more pressure? Do you think they, um, I mean, no. it seems like they got, they got a good shot. They got a good Olivier, shot. Olivier and Castor are not feeling pressure. They're having, I don't know what time it is there. They're, they're getting up <laughs> pretty soon, right? But uh, yeah, they had themselves a nice dinner and uh, probably a glass of wine and chatted about, 
memories of whatever. And uh, they're feeling very, very cool and calm. They've done these things a lot. Um, they've scored yeah. at the very, very highest levels. And they've been competitive in the in Europe um, at a very very and high level won. for a long time. They've they've won. Yes, they're not they're not um, they're not feeling that kind of pressure at all. They're they're it's a different game for some of these people because they've been around the block so many times. They know how to do all this stuff very very well, and they might not have a good day tomorrow. But they, that's not something they have. They they think they can fix today. They don't even care. The stress comes from the people who think they might be able to fix their their flaws by tomorrow. That's the stress. That's where it comes from, and it's not really yeah. usually possible. You might get lucky, but um, but I don't think Olivia and Castor, it's like another day at the office for him, probably. I know them both pretty well. And I'm sure that's how it is. I don't know what it's like to be them, but I. But that's what they give off. That's the vibe they give off. I'll tell you what, though. You know, freaking, I wouldn't say blow me away, but like, not that it matters coming from me, but so impressed is Johnny Wacker coming 22 with yeah. a 70, almost a 74% and, and just getting into it like, Come on, man. That's freaking awesome. Like that's, yeah, that's uh, if he's not proud of that, super impressive. Like it, that's to me, like that's one of look at the names that are underneath him. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it, he's world level, just got into unlimited, you know, um, it's wow. Like I'm so happy for him for that. And, um, Aaron had a, had a boo-boo today. Um, Nobody, we really didn't talk yeah. about Aaron. Um, really excited to see him fly, him perform. He still got a 71.5% with a zero. It wasn't, thank God it wasn't a super high K figure. Um, but, you know, I like you're saying, Jim, like there's a lot of flying left. Obviously, a couple of the things are out of the picture for him. But I think that if he flew three, if he got three really good flights in him, like really, really good, I think he would, He, I think he, could help the team uh, win silver. I think he. I think. Yeah, that's you're right. I mean, I didn't realize that. I didn't actually look at the scores and realize he had a zero. That's amazing. He did. A, he had a very strong flight, except for that one figure. I don't know what the figure was or anything. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. might be the uh, the um, what do you call it? Not missing link, uh, but he might be the uh, saving grace to to get in second. Yeah, you know, I always uh, I always use the Mike Tyson quote, which is uh, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah that's great. I use it all the time. But every time uh, I go to a contest, and you know, you watch people melt down, or I always mutter that, or I say it, you know, a lot because I think it's a really, really great quote. And that, and that doesn't that doesn't um, bode poorly for Aaron or anyone else who makes a mistake. It's just the point is that you know we all have our plans, and then stuff happens, and then how you deal with it is what matters, you know. So the plans change now because uh, that flight didn't work out the way he probably wanted. But, you know, yeah. recover and move on because you're right. He has an opportunity there. And if he can uh, have a strong unknown, then uh, that'll help out a lot. Yeah, I I think I think we need Aaron. Obviously, if Johnny can freak, man, if Johnny can keep doing I mean, the unknowns are super challenging, man. That's the, you know, free knowns are, are free knowns. But Johnny and Aaron, I think Wacker and McCartan are we need we need them a lot right now. Yeah, like I said, you need, you're going to need to get some 77s, 76s, stuff like that is what you need, and 73s, 72s. Once the once you get French teams scoring in the upper 70s, you know yeah. um, that, that's how they're they're going to escape with it pretty escape velocity, whatever. They're going to get away with it pretty fast. But Olivier and and um, Castro can put up those kind of numbers too. I don't know about anybody else in the Spanish team. I just don't know them, but I know Olivier and Castro can. So yeah. you know, it's um, you're, you're going to rely on Rob and Jeff who who are seasoned, and then I mean, realistically somebody else one other person needs to step up and and have some really good flights we'll see 
Because that's what makes yeah. it fun, right? It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm so excited for tomorrow. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> Tough act to follow with uh, the French being so strong. I mean, and they're, they, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're top five. Uh, the, the four that are in the top five right now are pretty, man. I mean, they're huge. And then even, you know, people like uh, Mika Bergeau, dude, like great showing today. And, and he's, he's no slouch. They have, United States has some real, um, competition. Yeah. It was no so, pun intended. Was some or, solid you know. I think everybody needed to do what they needed to do. Obviously Odin, Rob threw up some six scores or threw up some six scores, but for the most part, you know, everybody got through the sequence, got the nerves out, um, and threw up some really good scores. And now it's like, all right, like now it's unknown time. Now it's, you know, who hasn't flown this figure yet? The concentration really comes in now, I would imagine. Or at least people need to really buckle down and, and probably t- probably get a little bit more serious, I would imagine. Yeah, hopefully everybody just stays uh, calm. You know, everybody, the U.S. team, you know, stay calm. Um, you, do, you know what to do. Just go and do your thing. You can't, you don't want to think too much about making a mistake. You don't want to uh, try and avoid thinking about making a mistake. You just want to uh, think about what your flight is supposed to be. You want to think positively about all the things you're going to do. Think about what's coming next, what you're going to look at, literally, what you're going to see, what you're going to feel, what you're going to do. You stay in those um, kind of um, sensory modes. Think about those kinds of things and um, and stay so focused on those things that there's no room for negativity because that's a, that's obviously a, a killer. And, um, you know, just go out and execute. That's it. Like any other sport, really. I love it. Love it. <laughs> Love yeah, it. It's exciting. Um, super exciting. Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. And then, uh, Jim, if you're around, maybe um, uh, wrap it up. Jeff, I don't know what, how you feel about this, but like maybe we um, let the uh, the unknown flights go and then maybe do an, uh, an unknown wrap up after the third. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. be back with you guys anytime, especially for this kind of stuff. I have to say I've taken a long break here from aerobatics. I'm you know, it's, this is exciting for me to be a part of just to talk to you guys about it. It's really fun for me. It's good for me too. So if you need me back, I'm here. Well, what are you doing? Well, we'll, well talk we definitely need you back. We'll talk off fair. This way we don't bore yeah. our uh, things okay. and, and great. Basically we'll ask you what you're doing tomorrow is what we're getting at. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what I was thinking. Maybe, you know, cause we, we've done a, we've done kind of these, uh, daily releases of, uh, uh, the first flights, uh, and, and the second, um, but maybe we're going to do we'll like 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we'll do like 20 minutes. Maybe. I know. <laughs> we're two hours. Yeah, we'll these little shorts, you know, 20 minutes here and there. Oh yeah. Hour and 50. No yeah. big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wrap this one up and, um, or maybe, you know what, Mark, you and uh, I can like you know, alternate. Maybe that'll be easier. What's that? Uh, just a singular recording. No, like we'll each get a guest on like, this way. If in case you're working or I'm working type of thing. And then we can do every I day. I understand. Okay. That's only yeah, if you we'll can figure it out. It. We'll figure it out. <laughs> either way, either way, we're uh, we'll bring the coverage as much as we can because it's fun. It is. Bring the hurt. Bring the hurt. That's it. All right, guys. You guys ready to wrap up? Anything else, Jim? No, nah, man. This is really great. Thanks for having me on. Love it. Oh, we we miss you. We love you. We appreciate you Aww. coming back on, and uh, um, we'll have you on. Uh, you know. It's so yeah. hard having Jim work on and not talking big... about like his MXS coming. I'm like, cause that's like three hours. Oh my God. Before. I know. I've been thinking about that this whole podcast, by the way. <laughs> I saw it in, saw it in bubble wrap earlier. It's getting close. Oh God. Stop. Don't tease me. It's exciting. <laughs> I hope I like it. It is. I hope I like it. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> I, at this, it would be really sad if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man. And if anybody, nine, if anybody wants weight. to send me a uh, hooked on a free hooked on phonics, I'll give you a free pair of gloves. I got to send JB. Uh, I got to send you some gloves from the uh, thing we're doing. All right. I'm forgetting. Yes. Yes. Cool. All right, guys, let's wrap this one up and uh, uh, we'll either talk to you guys tomorrow after uh, the first flights of the unknown or maybe a couple of days after that. But either way, uh, we'll come back and, and wrap up some thoughts on the unknowns. Awesome. Love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 